news. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Morning, morning. morning. Blake and Aaron. How's it going? How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Why so quiet? (laughs) My voice is just, uh, it's going. So. Uh Uh-oh. Where's it going? (laughs) I wish I knew. Um, yeah, I'm sick, sick again. No, no. Sure, now, yeah, January. So, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it was kind of running through our house at the moment. Yeah, it's going, there's a lot going on. I out feel there. a little bit better today. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, <coughs> oh, there, yep. Yeah. COVID, there's respiratory stuff, some other viruses going around. Oh, yeah. Okay, so a couple um, policing uh, news stories today. Um, a Caymanian has been sentenced to 17 years for murder in Honduras. I don't know if you guys remember this story, but this happened back in um, 2022, where they ra- um, robbed and killed a taxi driver in La Salle, yes. Honduras. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so, um, yep, one of the people involved was a Jaden Woodman Webster who was uh, 19 years old then, along with a Honduran man and a Jamaican man. It's like an international syndicate or something here. Anyway, they all resided in La Saiba at the time, decided to do the stupid thing. And now he's going to spend the next um, 17 years in prison. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's not that's not Northwood prison. You understand what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. That's Yeah. So it's, um, the prison is supposed to be deterrent. Deterrent. It, it's definitely one there. I'm sure of that. <laughs> well. Um, and in uh, news here in the Cayman Islands, uh, two men have now been charged in the murder of um, Sven Connor. So this is the one that happened in East End. Um, I think it was was it last month? Yes, uh, December okay. the seventh. And so now they have Roland Welcome and Anasio Rankin, uh, ages 33 and 29, respectively. Connor, 42 years old, um, was arrested in relation to serious assault and was reportedly gunned down in East End um, in what some say was some sort of reprisal killing. So unfortunately now these, uh, well, maybe fortunately for the rest of us, these two men um, are now going to be facing charges. So uh, Anasio... Rankin appeared in court yesterday, and the matter has been elevated to the Grand Court, where he'll have an opportunity to request bail and also enter a plea. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay, there's a video that has gone viral all over the internet. Don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a lady who apparently was a dentist um, leaving Jamaica, and um, I'm not quite sure what happened to her, but she appears to have had some sort of a episode and um, her episode included her uh, stripping naked basically and trying to grab the gun of a Jamaican officer. Oh yes. This was that thing in Montego Bay or whatever. Yeah. This is down at the um, Sangster international airport in St. Jean. So they were able to eventually detain her. And take her to um, Cornwall Regional Hospital for psychiatric evaluation. So very, very unfortunate situation. But yeah, people's first thing to do when someone's having an episode, let's film this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we hope that she gets whatever care 
um, is necessary. Yeah. Hey, what was with the uh, what was with the video yesterday of um, somebody driving in reverse on the new roundabout? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it seems like people are just um, they can't figure it out. I don't know how. <laughs> Why are you driving in reverse? If you can't, oh, I think they realized they were going the wrong way. Well, where, okay, where are you backing up to? Well, they can make the smart decision of entering the roundabout the wrong way. Just so what are they going to? Not smart enough to drive around you. Yeah. Uh, uh, roundabout not going to be smart enough to get out of a roundabout. I suppose you're right, Aaron. <laughs> not put logic in these people. Well, I mean, I don't driving. even know how to explain that one except well, to say that uh, you got to pay attention when you're driving. That's the problem. Just driving today, even you come by, you know, where you can go to Old Crew Road or stay on Bobby Thompson. Mm. Always in the in the off. The furthest lane away, the far left lane, they're going to turn so they can go down Crew Road and yeah. cut in front of traffic every time. It's, uh, you know, they do that. And then you get up to where it goes to the new part of the road that's leading up to that big roundabout. Instead of turning to go as Agnes, Agnes Way to like that one, mm -hmm. instead of doing that, they'll stay in that lane like you should be because the cones send you around the roundabout. The instead, cones. they go and push into the way to continue on the Bobby Thompson, the new road. And you're like, you're not even in the right lane. So again, Nobody knows how to drive. All right, we we gotta run. <laughs> yeah. Really quick, we were talking about. I know you have another minute. We were talking uh, about the Operation Panther uh, Garden yesterday, or uh, Guardian? Operation Guardian. Yeah, three hundred yeah, fifty accidents seconds. in the month of December. Crazy. Three hundred fifty accidents. Sandra all the time is here with the cold heart truth. She's the ears and the eyes for me and you. Every day, everyone wants to hear from Sandra. And every time on the air, she's getting better. Tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your mama, call Sandra in the morning and in the Always calling, calling Sandra, and when they start fighting, they calling Sandra, and it's that's right, folks. Everyone is telling their mama about the cold hard truth. Welcome to another episode with more truth telling, more problem solving, and of course, more tea spilling than ever before. Sit back, students, grab your tea and turn up the volume because class is now in session. Call in at 936-2626 because your voice matters. Share your opinion on issues that matter the most to you. All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. We're here live in the studio. Good morning to everyone. We got everybody listening on Instagram. Good morning to all of you good folks. And we've got tons of people listening between Facebook and YouTube as well. So good morning to all of you. Um, big shout out to our WhatsApp group. You guys know the drill. I'm going to send you the links here in just a second. Actually, let me grab them while we're talking about this. And uh, this is helpful because some of you I know kind of have a little bit of a struggle uh, finding the links when we're live. So we like to provide this service for our WhatsApp people where we just send you the links directly. Makes your life easy. We like to make your life easy if we can. 
All right. So um, I'll send that out to everyone. And I know some people have a preference. A lot of people like listening on YouTube because you have the amazing um, opportunity to be able to essentially, um, what do you call it? You know, pull it up on your screen. You can watch it on a big screen TV and all those fantastic things, all these smart TVs. And so it looks like you're really watching a talk show for real, for real. So yeah, that's nice. Uh, some of you are more mobile, you're on your phone, so it probably doesn't matter too, too much. Although, I think that even with YouTube on your phone, um, you have the benefit of being able to continue doing other things and listen at the same time. So that is kind of, you know, good. Because I think when you're listening to Facebook, it kind of takes over the audio uh, for the entire phone. So yes, uh, so good morning to all of Cayman. Um, as you know, this week, this head cold, I think is what I'm going to describe it as, has refreshed itself. I had it in December, in early December. And now it's back for round two. I was supposed to be going to Health City this weekend and doing my, um, what's it called? My colonoscopy. Y'all got to get these things done. But the way that I'm feeling, I think I might have to postpone it until I'm over this cold. Um, they, they do put you under, not in a deep under, but um, an under so that you're comfortable enough to do the procedure without having any discomfort. Because, you know, they're going to be doing some probing. Uh, but this is necessary, folks. Nobody wants to do a colonoscopy. Trust me. I'm sure it's not a party kind of feeling. But it's necessary, and in fact, they're recommending it now for people at age 45 to start getting it five years earlier than initially recommended. So make your um, health a priority because these things are very, very important. You get a head start on any potential issues that uh, might be happening. So, um, yes, they do sedate you. Thank you so much for that. So, yay. Looking forward to that procedure. I'll tell you guys how it goes. I suspect it's not going to be too bad, but um, I'll let y'all know. Eh, you know, like I said, necessary evil. You got to get it done. And, you know, it's it's sometimes I think in our heads, we work out more of a scenario than uh, exists because, you know, we just get so scaredy cat of everything. So, yeah. So thank you to all the wonderful um, physicians who make it uh, possible for us to even, you know, do these things on island without having to go overseas. There's a time when you had to go overseas for every little thing. And now there's so many amazing services available right here that you simply don't have to do that. So good morning to all of our usual suspects. I see um, Diamond Princess is here. I'm going to make some adjustments to my uh, screen in the background here so we can pull up our little Cayman flag. Good morning to Diamond Princess. Good morning to Emma. KK is in the house. Um, oh, Lord. She wants to hear more about this child molester. Mm-mm-mm. There's so many of them. Uh, Liana, good morning to you. Keisha's here. Good morning, Keisha. Wee Wee's in the house. Good morning to Leroy. Steven joining us from the UK. Marshall from North Carolina. Shaka Zulu. Hello, darling. Uh, Miss Vernita from Windsor Park. How are you? Mm-hmm. She says, is the matter even reported to the police? Well, um, if if we were reported on it, probably. It's already a police matter. Um, we've got Hilda, Leroy, Olivia, 
Debbie, Richard, Paul, Irvelyn, Yasmin, and tons others who are tuned in this morning. Big shout out to everybody. Um, so I'm going to talk about a few things today. And uh, let's start talking about Heroes Day. Uh, let me see here. So, um, yes, let, let's talk about uh, Heroes Day. So I have a voice note here. I actually have two voice notes that I would like to um, play for you. The first one is um, from a person who privately sent it. So I need to see if we can either transcribe it or change the voice because this was a private voice note. So it wasn't really intended, but she said it so um, eloquently that quite frankly, um, I, 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 I couldn't have said it any better. And when she said it, I was like, oh my God, bless your little heart. You know, you just said it in such an amazing way. Now, um, we'll see if we can play around with that a little bit, but I know that some people are of the opinion that, um, you know, some of you on here and even myself have been critical of the dress code of our new premiere to say it's not very becoming of someone at her level. Listen, a lot of us could do it fashion help. I wish I had a stylist, <laughs> but I do think that when you are the leader of a country, um, there's certain things out of your own budget, not the budget of the people, out of your own budget that you could probably spend a little bit of time with. If, if you are struggling, and I don't know how much Julie listens to the general public, probably not a whole lot. That's why she does all the things that she does, including a $50 million black school. But if she did listen to the public, she would definitely hear that there are a lot of people who have some interesting things to say about how she dresses. Um, sometimes we make light of it uh, because it is a little bit funny. And, um, you know, other times people are like, listen, this is a reflection in us as a country. And people are asking me, can't we do more about how she looks and how she dresses? I'm like, honey child, that's really not my department. I'm no stylist and I'm not pretending to be one. Um, you know, y'all need to approach her and, and pray on it because she obviously believes that prayer is all that is required to solve every single thing. That's, that's her honest belief. And so sometimes this honest belief of hers, and trust me, as people who grew up in the church, we all understand um, how we've been influenced by religion. Some of us may not necessarily share all the opinions that we uh, grew up with. We now question things more. But, you know, this is something that is extremely ingrained in us um, as, a, as a people, right? And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with prayer. But I have to tell you, um, the Lord works miracles every day, but I'm not so sure that he works fashion miracles. Um, so... You know, there are times that we have to know that we have to help ourselves. You know, I, my, my aunt always told me, God helps those who help themselves. She was, she was 
a traditional Christian lady and she believed in prayer, but she also believed in you get up, you get to work and you help yourself. So, you know, you don't just sit back and, oh yeah, the Lord's going to give me a miracle. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's not quite how it works. So maybe she just doesn't care about uh, any of this. And so it's really not important to her. But, you know, sometimes it, it makes a huge difference. Like it really does matter. Let me give you an example. So you guys saw the weather uh, situation on uh, Monday for the parade. So at one point, they actually had to stop the live stream because it started to rain. Now, a lot of people thought, wow, this is a bit um, unbelievable that there was no contingency plan. Well, there's always a contingency plan with the protocol office. That's how they operate. But what you have happening is someone like Julie who doesn't care about things like contingency plans. When she was in there, the two months that she was there, believe me when I tell you, I know some of y'all think that, oh, she did a fantastic job and this and that. I can assure you that she is just like McKeever Bush. I keep saying that she's the female version of him. And the more I think about it, the more it's so true. She ignores everything that is called protocol if it's not to her liking and suits her. It's so sad that as a small island nation, I'll call us that, although technically we're not an independent country, we're an overseas territory. But, you know, we're trying to forge your way because one of these days we're probably going to have to end up going independent. And so there's certain things that we need to have in place in order to make that transition, if even if it's 100 years from now. But we have to get these things right so that we don't end up being a banana republic. And I'm afraid to tell you all that we will end up being a banana republic because of the people that we elect. And without any training and protocol or anything else, they want to just make up the rules, make up the protocols as they go along. There are people who work in the protocol office who have, you know, professional degrees in protocol. They've gone abroad. They've done courses um, and all this stuff. And it's just completely ignored. You can go to the UK, for example, and work in the palace without knowing what the palace protocol was for certain things, whether it's travel, you know, greeting um, members of the royal family. There are rules that must be followed, you know? And unfortunately, when you have people in there who do not want to follow the rules, it creates a little bit of havoc. And I'm going to be quite frank with you. The truth of the matter is most of them do not want to follow the rules. In fact, even Wayne Panton, as much as I like Wayne Panton, he didn't want to follow the rules. The difference with Wayne Panton is him not following the rules didn't cost the people of this country any embarrassment or any money. So the rules for him that he didn't want to follow, you know, he's just a little country bumpkin is how he sees himself, I guess, in his own mind. He doesn't want any special treatment. So he doesn't want a driver. He doesn't want a protocol vehicle. You know, he didn't want anybody driving him around in that um, Land Rover that Alden went and purchased on the backside of the people of the Cayman Islands. But I can tell you, protocol is like, dude, protocol is protocol. If we're supposed to be driving you and providing you, we have a vehicle, right? These things are already in place. Um, 
just take the vehicle, let us drive you. Well, he never, ever allowed them to drive him in that gas guzzler. And from a matter of principle, I can certainly understand why, because he thought that when Alden purchased the vehicle, which by the way, he did it at the end of his last tenure because he thought that he was going to be getting back in office. So it was literally a brand new vehicle when Premier Panton got in. And Premier Panton's like, no, this is, it should have never been purchased. It's a waste as far as I'm concerned. Um, and he, you know, and being environmentally friendly, actually wanted to purchase a electronic vehicle, which he did. He purchased his own electronic vehicle. And um, then, then, um, you know, it was driving his own driver. And protocol is like, you can't drive your own driver. Like, what the heck? But that's just how he is. So he needs to, he needs to follow protocol too. But the other people who don't follow protocol, they do so at the cost of us, the people. So they're out there buying their own um, vehicles. It's all hodgepodge. Now I understand that all of them have these SUVs that we were talking about. They all have, um, well, <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy because now that they purchased the SUVs, you know, the logical argument, which I said when we were talking about this, is how do you purchase a government asset and allow MPs to be driving around for their personal affairs in a government asset? That should never be. But you see, nobody wants to, there's a pro protocol handbook. Nobody wants to follow this protocol handbook. They just do whatever the heck it is that they feel like doing when they feel like doing it. So a lot of times um, you can't even get a straight answer from people. Okay, this is being done. Is this accepted protocol? What part of your protocol manual does this say, you know, this is acceptable? Well, you know, it's not unusual. It's We, we, we allow it, we do it, but the procedure is this. To me, you should have a manual that says what's allowable, what isn't allowable, everything needs to be in writing. And the MPs need to have an introduction to the protocol office when they take in, uh, when they become an MP. Most of them don't want to go because I think some training was provided. They didn't even want to attend. There is protocol to how people are seated at dinners, at, you know, official events. And do you know that um, I have seen with my own two eyes, where people like Kathy, as soon as she got in, she was just an MP. Well, no, 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 no. I want this person to sit here next to me and this person sit there. Protocol's like, that's not how it works. Who the F are you? Like, seriously, you don't get to come in and make up your own protocol rules. So some of the biggest offenders are people like Kathy. Well, no, no, no. This man said he wants to sit here and I want to sit there. Yeah, that just ain't how it worked. Julie. McKeeva Bush and Chris Saunders, right? They don't want to take any advice. They don't want to listen to anybody. They think they know because, yeah, they're the ones who are trained, who are protocol trained. And so they make us look like a banana republic, whether you guys realize it or not. So, of course, Heroes Day was no exception. Um, a lot of you may not have been paying that close attention, but there were mistakes made, Um there were people just ignoring all things protocol because they just don't care. And so, in fact, Julie, um, like I said, normally they would have a contingency plan for Reen, like they have a backup plan. She did not care about the backup plan, 
We're not moving it because they would have made the call 24 hours beforehand to move it indoors so that um, the, you know, staff who are responsible probably outsource like celebrations and whoever, the event staff who are responsible for the actual setup would have sufficient time to do that. Her, her philosophy is this, nope, we're going to have the event regardless of the weather forecast. And then I'm just going to pray it away. Well, thank God that this time her praying it away, according to her, she's praying to her God because, you know, she she um, she has a special God that the rest of us don't have access to. So she was able to pray it away and the rain um, held up. Well, that's because it was only a 30 percent chance of rain. If this was 50 percent, 60 percent chance of rain and you have someone who is, again, refusing to listen to good common sense. Um refusing to, you know, initiate the plan B. Y'all would have been sitting there soaked. All these old people receiving these awards would have been sitting there soaked in the rain, catching all kind of sniffles and whatever. It's unfortunate when your government just doesn't care. And I'm telling you, the other thing that she did, as everybody knows, she's a bracker, obviously. And so she gives a lot of special treatment to Brackers when she's in the leadership position. I mean, Brackers always say, oh, they feel left out, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how you could feel left out when you have had two MPs. One has been there, Julie, for almost 30 years. If y'all feel left out, that means that she's not been doing her job. So she flew in a whole contingent of people, including her church people, who were paid to perform at this event. We need to do an FOI, please. Somebody, can somebody jot that down in your classroom notebooks? That we need to do an FOI on um, what was spent for the Heroes Day celebrations this year and who would have been paid. So here comes the performers, church people showing up. And um, they are able to, you know, perform, get paid. She believes in special treatment. I don't believe that people should get special treatment. I believe that what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So she actually brought them in and treated them to a special luncheon that was only for the brat contingents. And you know who paid for that? We, the people, paid for this special luncheon. It's like these MPs now feel like they are, their hands are in the cookie jar. Remember the little kitty song? Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? All their hands are in the cookie jar and they just do not care. There's no fiscal management about anything. There's no, wow, we are already in the deficit. We're borrowing money. Um, if I get a chance, I'll play the, the video um, from uh, Roy McTaggart where he's saying, oh, well, you know, now they've increased the port fees. That's going to impact the cost of living for all of us. Well, of course it is. But the most amazing thing is he voted in support of the budget. You don't get to vote in support of the budget, even as the opposition, and then turn around afterwards and complain about seeing said budget. That's what you call duplicitousness. Mm -hmm talking out of both sides of your mouth.
If you thought there was a real significant issue with the budget, don't vote for it. I mean, it would have still passed because they've got the numbers. But that is the point that you go on record and you make it be known that you have a problem with this government overborrowing. You have a problem with the $50 million school. You have a problem with all these things. You don't wait until after the budget is passed. You know they're already in the deficit. They're overspending for capital projects like hemorrhaging money, right? And now you say, oh, well, look, you see? Yes, they've, they've had to now find money to help pay for some of this stuff. Of course, they're going to have to find it. The only question is where? So increase in port fees is one way. They didn't even, they didn't even bother to really announce that they were going to do that. But this is what they're doing. And that is something that impacts everybody in this country because everything is imported into this country. So when y'all go to the grocery store now and you see that um, the cost of everything keeps creeping up and y'all keep blaming Foster's, don't blame Foster's, don't blame Hurley's, and don't blame Kirk's. Blame your government because they have made it infinitely more expensive to bring something into this country. Every single thing we pretty much import, all of our 90% or more of our food supplies we import in. And the grocery stores have said, listen, we're happy to buy local, but local is going to be um, more expensive. Okay. Um, not only is it going to be more expensive, it's organic. Yes, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, fair enough. But most of you complaining, once again, about the prices. And you don't want to spend the money. So it's going up. And there are a lot of other factors worldwide, which we have no control over. When there's a disease with strawberries, that's going to go up. Inflation, everything hitting us all at once. So your government has just increased the cost of living for you. And I hope you all are paying attention. And you know what? Every single one of them. Nobody gets a pass. Some of them I like. Some of them I don't like. Some of them I'm completely indifferent to. But when it comes to this budget, all of them voted for it. I don't think Premier Panton was there because I think that's when he had his accident. So he wasn't there. But everybody else voted in favor of this budget. I'll double check to make sure he wasn't there for the actual vote. But everybody else voted in favor for the budget. So I'm not just talking about Julie here, yeah. all of her cabinet, all of the opposition, all of the backbenchers, every single MP has just increased the cost of living for you. Okay. So let's make sure that we understand exactly what's happening here. All right. So, um, you know, she ignores protocol. She gives her um, special church friends all sorts of privileges, special luncheons for them. Nobody else gets to have uh, that type of privilege. And uh, here we are, the rest of us, you know, trudging along as best as we can. It really, uh, quite frankly, is shocking that um, the people of this country don't seem to be paying much attention. We've got to hold them accountable. 
I mean, this is, you know, I, I find it interesting when they get upset with us, just like yesterday. Um, you know, the minister's like, oh, what are you calling me for? The people are calling you because we have a right to call you. You work for us, dude. I mean, there are times that I like Kenneth, and then there are times that I think that boy has hit his darn head, and I don't know what on earth has happened to him. Right? You don't get to be testy with the people who have actually put you where you are. The people elected you. You're not a self-appointed God. Right? You are elected by the people. And if the people have questions, then gosh darn it, I think you should be open to answering those questions and to having the discussion. You sure do so when it's convenient for you. So because it's not convenient for you and it's not something you want to talk about, all of a sudden um, it's a problem? I don't think so, son. That's not how it works. You don't get to pick, choose, and refuse exactly what it is that you want to do. It's so, to me, it's so ironic, the attitude. We've had more than one conversation with a good minister to say, listen, I've even said to him, just assume that what I'm calling you anytime between 7.30 and 10.30, it's not a social call. There's no reason for me to be calling you at this hour of the morning. Everybody in Cayman, and trust me, Kenneth listens every single day. That brother's sitting now listening to the show right now. I even heard how he would go in cabinet or be sitting in the basement. Oh, I can't come up right now, boy. Listen to Sandy. She's good today. But you can't pick and choose because some topics you like and some topics you don't like. You have amnesia that I am on a show. Yes, when I call you, it's to ask you, and it, to be quite honest, if he had let me finish without jumping in. Oh, am I on air? Uh, we were going to get there. I was still doing my introductory remarks, Minister. But yes, you're on air. Assume you're on air Monday to Friday, 7.30, 10.30, if I call you. I don't have no time for no social, oh, let's have a cup of tea conversations at that hour. But the attitude is what is really going to put the nails in your coffin. Um, and I'm speaking to you now, Kenneth, if you're not careful. You know, I know sometimes you get up in your feelings and say, hey, I don't even know if you like me, this and that. Kenneth, if I didn't like you, trust me, I'd be riding you harder than in a donkey in this world. You would know I didn't like you. I had high hopes for people like you and Kathy and others. But, you know, you're starting to disappoint in a lot of different ways. Get it together because 2025 is right around the corner. And I'm telling you, you know, they feel like they can't be removed. That's what they go and tell people, oh, you know, I'm so solid. I can't be removed. Well. <laughs> don't be too sure about that. Anybody can be moved. We just got to make sure we got the right people that we're moving them for. Because then otherwise it don't make no sense to remove one jackass off the board for another jackass. That just doesn't make any sense. But some of these MPs have gotten too comfortable in their seats. They've gotten too comfortable having other people control them and tell them what to do. And for that reason alone, in my opinion, they should get out. They should be moved because they become very, very dangerous. When I have MPs that can sit down with me and have a conversation and actually lie to my face, right, hoping that I'm going to bring those lies back to the people of the Cayman Islands without verifying 
these things, especially when it comes to developers and planning and whatever. I I am really surprised that y'all think I'm that stupid. I'm insulted as well. Because they can say, and I said, wow, they must think I'm the average constituent, I guess, that they can give a little $50 to and hoodwink you into voting for them because that ain't going to happen. I have an obligation to the people of this country to tell y'all the truth. You might not like it all the time and you might not want to hear it, but you're going to get it. And then you decide what to do with it. I can't tell you what to do with the truth. You might want to ignore it. Some of y'all love ignoring the truth. Mm -hmm. You walk around with your heads in the proverbial sand and you're perfectly happy living that existence. Anyway, um, you do yourself no favors. I give Kenneth credit for answering the phone. Because I must tell you, unlike most MPs, he's going to answer the phone. Now, you think Kenneth don't have the show number saved. He don't have my number saved. I mean, Kenneth, you'd be stupid if you didn't. Right? If you're going to answer the phone and you know it's me, then you have to be prepared to deal with the questions without getting all ruffled up and all in your feelings and all upset with Mr. Amelia. This side, the next thing. This story about that situation came out the night before. Y'all really believe that when Kenneth answered the phone yesterday, he had no idea that Mr. Amelia was not happy with how that meeting went down? <laughs> if that's the case, nobody called Kenneth. None of his little minions called him and said, boy, Kenneth, you don't see this article in CMR about Peyton Rhodes, and they mentioned your name and that you were there and you brought Tristan into the meeting. If he honestly makes, if he honestly wants us to believe yesterday morning, that was the first he was hearing about this, then something wrong. He really needs to go because I mean, he's not paying attention to the people's business, not at all. And of course, I don't believe that. Listen, Romelia has a right, in my opinion, to feel how she felt. She was doing something out of the goodness of her community spirit to try to beautify this island. She had given the idea to the beautification committee, which falls under Kenneth. They didn't do it. They may have had legitimate reasons. They said, oh, we need you to get quotes. It's not, she like, listen, that's not my job. And that's too much for me to do. If y'all want to get quotes, whatever, then you do that. She was just willing to organize it and get the legwork done. Well, they don't have time to get quotes is basically what was said um, to her. She said, okay. And she went and did it as a project under her K-Mankind um, committee instead, her K-Mankind action committee. Got volunteers. People donated money for the paint. Got approval from the National Roads Authority. She went through the right protocols. So if you're going to be questioning her in relation to this, in my opinion, she deserves to have been adequately prepared for that section of the meeting. That's why when they called her into the meeting, and again, Strandbodden, you're not going to get off here either because you're the one who called her and said, come in for this meeting. When, you have, when you're inviting someone to a meeting, it is proper protocol for you to tell them what is on the agenda, what is the meeting all about. Again, this is not a social call. 
Y'all are not friends with Miss Amelia, where she's going to expect you to be serving her tea and crumpets for no good reason. So the fact that you booked a meeting with her and she had to turn around and call you back and say, by the way, what are we meeting for? Is piss poor. You're, you're a chief officer, for God's sake. Do y'all not even know basics of how you call a meeting? Come on now. You call him, you call her, see if she's available. Then you turn around and you send it in an email, a meeting invite. You put in the subject what it's about. You think anybody could call me and be like, oh, I just want to meet with you? I'm like, what for? You better tell me what this meeting is about. And so as the people who were calling the meeting, it was actually your obligation to inform her of the agenda. Now, the minister said, they didn't know that this was an issue until that morning. And that's why she wasn't informed. Well, as soon as you knew, does that make good business, common sense, decency to either place another phone call or send an email to say, oh, by the way, Mr. Amelia, uh, Tristan Hydes wants to come into the meeting because he doesn't have a right to come. What if Mr. Amelia didn't want to meet with Tristan? She has a right to say no. Give her the heads up says he also wants to attend the meeting because he wants to talk about this road thing, whatever. What if she didn't have her phone on her? What if she needed to bring additional evidence or whatever about how she was given permission? That is why she felt like she was being um, put like a, a deer in, in the, you know, in the headlights. She was being uh, sideswiped. What's the word that I'm looking for? That's not the right word. Um, what's the correct word that I'm looking for? But basically, you know, you guys, it was a surprise element to how this was done, right? And once again, no logical explanation as to why you couldn't tell her. Even in the moment, ambush, thank you. Yes, she was being ambushed. Even in the moment as it was happening, you mean to tell me that you could not have said to her before you stepped out, Mr. Amelia, Tristan um, Hides wants to come in, blah, 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 blah. Now, you know, y'all came onions in typical fashion. You were listening to the show yesterday. And y'all started sending me messages about how Tristan is so unprofessional. This is not the first time. <laughs> and about political alignment. They say, yeah, those civil servants claim they're neutral. But that entire Tristan family, they're not neutral. And I said, well, I'm not getting into none of that because I don't have any knowledge of that. What I have knowledge of is what transpired with Mr. Amelia. So Mr. Amelia, take it from me. You need to file a formal complaint with the ombudsman's office. You need to file a formal complaint with his chief officer, which would be Eric Bush. Now, my sources have said, of course, they were all listening to the show yesterday, that they're looking into the matter. No, no. They can look into the matter all they want. But if you don't file a formal complaint, there's no obligation on anybody's part to give you a formal response and you deserve and should be given a formal response. Simple as that. This is now where we have to do our part. Yes. Okay. Steven says that Kenneth's been smelling his piss lately. Not a good look, sir. Shape up or shift out. You know, I don't know what happens with politicians. Is it is it the position 
that brings out who they really are in the inside, because I don't think people's core personalities change that much, to be quite honest. Um, or are we going to believe that politics makes people into monsters? So, um, get it, get it together. You're still working for the people you've got, uh, coming up on what, 13 months left, 13, 14 months left. We still expect you to continue working and doing your job. Whether you get reelected or not is a matter for the people of your constituency, I'm sure. So here are some of the comments that we got in relation to Julie and her dress code. The first one I'm going to play came in and we've attempted, to, uh, Kevin has done his best to change the voice. Um, but like I said, this woman said it so eloquently that I really couldn't say it any better. So listen to this one. A comment on Julie's dress that she wore to the National Heroes ceremony. That design was okay for a person who is body fit to design. And all I can say is that she made an attempt or her dressmaker made an attempt to make her look more professional, but it did not suit her height and size. And the, the frill, the waves of the design on the jacket should have been tacked down so that the waves would have stayed in place. She really needs a professional to find a design for her clothes. I need a professional designer too, but I'm not out in the public every day. So I, <laughs> I read the comments that were put under the post, How Was Your Hero's Day? I hope more people will comment. She really needs to get professional on that. So um, that was one commentator's uh, opinion. I can't say that I disagree. Um, in, in principle, like I said, um, a lot of people don't necessarily have an issue with the outfit itself. It's just that the outfit itself did not look good on her per se. Um, I quite like the colors. I think she was going for the Caribbean blue, the same Caribbean blues, I guess, that they're cutting down Mr. Amelia's, um, you know, painting jobs and stuff. Uh, the gold and the blue, you know, I think it's nice. The frills at the top, I'm not really fond of. But again, I think it's probably a situation where it just doesn't necessarily, um, as that person said, suit her with her body type. Listen, to be quite frank, we all have um, different body shapes and body types. You know, I'm top heavy, not so much on the bottom. So I have to be careful um, certain outfits that I wear Um you know, how they shape. Now I'll put on weight in the midsection. So, you know, I try not to wear outfits that are too tight in that section or don't flatter me in that way. Trust me, 
in my prime, I could wear anything uh, and probably look pretty good in it because, you know, the old men would be staring at my boobs in church and I would tell them, sir, uh, that's not where my eyes are. Please look a little bit higher, you know? But it wasn't a matter of, of you not looking good and not trying to look pre presentable and professional and whatever. Even a in a church environment, there's certain things that are appropriate to wear and that are not appropriate. I think the color scheme of her outfit was nice, um, you know, but there are a lot of people who say that the, the way that it fit her wasn't really a good fit. It was incredibly windy out. So of course, um, the flat pieces were kind of flapping and stuff all over the place. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Morning. Um, Sandy, I, I remember, well, people that know me know I was a huge woman, still big. Mm -hmm. And I had, we had an aunt from Cuba that was a dressmaker. Mm -hmm. And I remember I always struggled with buying skirts because like especially for my uniforms my our backside was always bigger smaller waist big backside so i remember when my grand aunt came to the Cayman Islands, she said listen darling she said listen there is a style and a size for every shape yes that's she true. said the triple c so then what she did she said listen i'm gonna make your skirts or all of me and my other sister's skirts and what she did she put one and a half inch longer to the back and then it came level because you know if you got a big butt and you wear a certain thing it'll pop up to the back so now yes. from that point on we know now that listen for our shape we need a skirt that drops to the back or a uh -huh. dress if you're making it so it is true i mean i'm not condemning now because everybody has their own style let's, yeah. let's face that yeah but then again like in the public domain like that i really think that they could you know give about because she's really not a person for high fashion right but you got people for 500 pounds and they still share oh and God. still look nice they, so, yes and it, so it has nothing to do with it has still, nothing to do with the weight you know? i agree caller it has yeah, nothing to do with the weight because listen some of the most beautiful women um that i know and i think women pull it off better than men really are um are women who are large i mean they they look That's like they just walked out of a magazine exactly so I hope she take it up and then, you know, I knew she had a, a, a thing one time in government, but I don't know what happened about that. But anyhow, I just thought I'd say that. Thank you, my so, dear. I appreciate it. Okay, good. All right. So, um, so yes, I mean, I, I don't think that that person and even Miss Darlene, like nobody's trying to be mean to the premier, you know, um, it is, it is challenging, you know, and, and let's be quite honest here. So many of our people, and this goes back to our lifestyle, so many of our people struggle with their weight, a lot of them are overweight. And so you gotta know what suits your body type, but there's different types of overweight, right? Like I said, for me, I'm top heavy. I'm not necessarily bottom heavy. I don't have that big bonky that Miss um, Miss Darlene was speaking about just now. You know, the Lord gifted me in a different way. And so I have to know that there are certain outfits and, you know, sometimes it's difficult because you have to go up a size just to be able to accommodate the top heaviness as opposed to the bottom heaviness. But like Miss Darlene said, you got to know um, the times that you have to get advice from, you know, her aunt who was a dressmaker said, okay, this is how you compensate for having a little bit more junk in your trunk. You make it longer in the back. You do this. There's certain A-line shaped skirts that would look better on you versus, you know, call her. Good morning. Good morning. I'll tell you what, Miss Juju, she looks like she's come out of a movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
R I I. All right. <laughs> I'm not quite sure um, what part of the movie is that, but all right, we'll take it as a compliment. We'll take that as a compliment on behalf of Miss Julie. Um, you know, there is an expectation that as leader, because nobody, no one really looked at her too, too much, even when she was a minister. Y'all know that. We weren't really paying that much attention to her. Um, but now that she's premier of this country and she, you know, y'all know she likes to travel. She's going to be going overseas representing us. Let's be honest now. We're kind of like, hmm, maybe the standard um, has now changed for how we're going to uh, think of her and what our expectations are. Now, listen to this other video, that other voice note, really. Oh, sorry. This one now is from... Um, you guys know that Mario Rankin has an alter ego. Here, no, man. One second. Y'all know that, that Mario Rankin has this alter ego, right? It's actually kind of funny, to be honest. The first time I heard it, um, he started it. I want to say he started it when he was doing his campaign with um, the port group, the port referendum group. He started sending out these voice notes where he changes his voice. And I think he is pretending to be Arden. I believe that's supposed to be his alter ego. But anyway, um, it's kind of interesting. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they're funny. I feel like sometimes it's things that Mario wants to say and he wants to address. But unfortunately, he can't do it like normal people. <laughs> so he can't just sit here and go, hey, you know, he wants to add this kind of alter ego comedic uh, personality to it but a lot of what he says in this video he makes some valid points so let's hear what mario had to say about heroes day man listen to me here now man graham listen to me i hear you got a goddamn heroes day award man man i'm gonna tell you something man i'm watching the ceremony on my cigd tv man you know what i tell you man i couldn't afford bus ride get down the man and the gas is 17 dollars and 95 cents man so i wasn't driving my goddamn gas Godzilla. listen to me i'm watching the cig tv broadcast man miss jeweler had on a goddamn dress man look like she were a turn of the jedi man look like she's straight out of this 1981 star wars movie man but i'll tell you what i want one of them goddamn dresses man you never know man i can tell you one goddamn thing man you would never be able to fire nothing at home, man. You would miss with all the goddamn glare and the flare that were on that dress, man. You hear what I tell you? Man, I see more people. Man, what's the definition of a goddamn hero anyway? Because we look like we hand them out there every Tom, Dick, and goddamn Harry, man. Listen to me, man. We need to reform the goddamn Heroes Day Parade and Heroes Day Day, man. You hear what I tell you, man? We got goddamn heroes laying down around here, man, like goddamn ornaments, man. Trust me, man. We got to do something about this, Graham. All right. Um, somebody said this isn't Mario. This is Craig Marin. Is this Craig? Mm, I always thought that this was Mario. Huh. Uh, is that Craig? Wow. I've been giving Mario credit <laughs> for Craig's work. I'm sorry, Craig. Uh, let's find out. No, somebody says it's Mario D. Rankin. Uh-huh. No, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know it's Mario. Y'all confuse it. I was like, wait a minute. All this time I had it wrong? No, it's Mario. So it seems like some of y'all didn't know. Yeah, that's Mario. 
This person says, Sandy, it's not Mario, it's Craig Rankin. No, it's not. It's Mario. I've got about 10, 15 people now confirm me. It's definitely Mario. And it's been Mario for a minute. All right. So listen. Um, yes, that's that's Mario. Anywho, um, you know, he has some valid points here. Again, I, I think what he said about the dress, you know, take it on board. I think that with, with a dress that was already busy um, with the colors, very, very, I, I love the colors, to be quite honest. I think the colors are very, very pretty. I think that the the flair wasn't necessary because the colors were the I guess is a two piece dress. It looks like it that's the jacket part of it, and then there's a plainer dress underneath. I think the frills and stuff, uh, especially given the wind conditions of late, was a bit much because there's no way that you could control um, the the wind flapping that all over the place. Um, you know, she had on her little fascinator. The fascinator looks okay, but the thing that Mar- Mario said, which I find is so interesting because I also um, have to chuckle because I was saying the same thing. The Heroes Day parade lasted um, for hours. I mean, the ceremony is getting to the point now where folks, listen to me, you're going to have to set aside the whole day in order to watch this event. Four or five hours out of a day sitting down listening to parade is a lot. And um, what I've also recognized is that unfortunately, everybody is getting an award. Now, some of y'all gonna feel a way about this, but I'm gonna explain to you what I'm thinking. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello, caller. Oh. Not sure what happened there. All right. So listen to me now. Heroes. Hello, caller. So listen to me now. Hello. You're on air, honey child. You got to turn on your radio. Oh, land of so fresh breezes. Lord have mercy. Woo! No, sir. Y'all butchering that song this morning. Trying to behave. So it was four hours and 20 minutes. That is a lot of time. Part of the reason why it was so long is everybody is getting an award. So, yes, it's Heroes Day. But maybe they need to redefine what the parameters are for the people who should be getting said awards. Honestly, it's just too much. This this theme was cultural. What was the theme for this year? Cultural whatever, right? If you were a toddler and scribbled a painting, um, all of a sudden somebody nominates you and you're getting awards. You have all these different luminaries in this category and that category. When you literally have hundreds of people getting awards in a particular themed area, I can tell you that it waters down the whole thing. What in God's good kingdom is the point of this type of an award? Everybody came and got one yesterday, practically, on Monday. 
Somebody said next year is going to be worse because it's an election year. And that's the other thing now. This is being played upon as though it is like a political cookie. Oh, yeah, we got to make sure you get nominated and you get a little, a little, looks like they give you a little, um, I don't know if is that's a pendant and then a little paper certificate. Like they can't even spend money on a decent certificate because they're giving out too many. Like you can't even get a decent little plaque because the government would not be able to afford to do that many plaques. How many people actually got, does anybody know this? How many people were awarded celebrating artists and creatives? Well, based on the numbers, everybody came out as an artist and a creative. I mean, my good grief. Yeah, the certificate, it's just on certificate paper, which you just print out at the CIG, um, what it is, the GAB, the government admin building. Rethink how you are giving out these awards. And now there's already an expectation that you've created that everybody can get one. It, it, it really doesn't make any sense. And like I said, it waters down the entire meaning of National Heroes Day. We don't even have that many national heroes. For good reason. Because not ever in anybody should be a national hero. But there you have it. In the name of, of politics and making everybody feel good, you know, um, all these, yeah, they had cherished classics. That was your early pioneers, cultural luminaries. What were the other categories? It was a very, very long list. That's why it lasted almost five hours, upwards of four and a half hours. It's, um, it's a hot mess. Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. Now, the things I loved about it, I love the ladies who came out in their traditional garments. I thought that that was great. I also think that there has to be some consideration for if you've already won an award under some other heading, maybe you're not eligible to win again. Because some people, apparently, every single thing that comes up Oh, well, they worked in tourism and they also painted and they also did this and they had fart art and then it is. So every single thing that comes up, they're nominated for. And they must have about 10 of these certificates and awards at home. By the way, did our veterans or seamen ever get theirs? Because there was a whole thing about there was some delay with them actually getting theirs. And that was from several years ago. During COVID, they claimed that they were going to have um, another one and um, like another ceremony for the, the seamen, and that never happened. Somebody said they're collecting them like candids. What a hot mess. Trust me, it's I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I've been to one of these events. I do not go. Uh, I, I would rather spend that time, the five hours plus, I heard the event at night was really quite nice and whatever, but I mean, I would rather just stay home with my family and chill and get some paperwork done because that's always mounting like I don't know why. Big shout out to um, El Rey, Ronaldo, and Craig Marin, 
both shared um, footage of the dance and stuff in the evening. I think Craig had a, one and Ronaldo had a couple videos uh, demonstrating and showing, you know, our traditional uh, dance, which was very, very good. Um, I'll see if I can pull one of these to share with you. Yep, Craig had one. Craig, I need you to make it public, though. Why is it? Um, let me see. Oh, hold on. Yeah, let me see if I can download this one. So this was nice. Um, you know, familiar Caymanian faces out there doing their little stepping and so forth. Uh, part, that's part of our culture. So we always want to talk about showcasing our culture and our heritage. And I think that that's good. Uh, there were some criticisms, again, levied against the protocol office. No surprise there. That uh, they were supposed to have reserved um, the town hall for the evening uh, for the events later on. And of course, they didn't reserve the town hall in time. So what ended up happening was um, <laughs> they couldn't get it until much later in the day. Protocol, get your ish together. Sam Rose, protocol falls under you. Y'all need to get it together. I don't really want to have to do a deep dive into what's happening in the protocol office. But the more y'all sit there having it be such a hot mess, um, the more we're going to get to that critical point where I will have no, re no option but to discuss what's going on there. Um, I must tell you that I absolutely loved uh, seeing that. So thank you so much. Uh, Craig shared that on his social media page. 
Um, and it was good to see some older folks as well as even some of the young kids, you know, getting in there and, and learning something that is traditional, um, traditionally Caymanian. That's nice to see. Uh, Miss Reba, good morning. Miss Reba says, Happy New Year, Sandy. I need a job to dress um, these. Well, I don't think Miss Julie has declared that she's looking for a dressmaker, but send her your resume. She should be well familiar with your work. Now, remember now, this ain't carnival, so don't be trying to dress her up looking more of a clown than she might already be, you know, trying to put on a decent outfit. Um, but I'm sure you could offer her some assistance in that category. Stuart has an interesting point. He says that uh, these awards should be um, reserved posthumously, which means that that's when you're dead. Awards only. Politicians have taken this national award and made it a joke. Poor Miss Sybil times two, Mr. Jim and Mr. Orman, their legacy will be diluted. Well, they're the official national heroes. These others, I don't even know how this came about that we're giving away all these awards like this. Mm -mm. What a hot mess. Um, let's read some of your other comments. Cece says, our real heroes that have passed are rolling over in their grave that much I know. Good morning to Miss Dean. Um, Alejandro says, why you not finished it? I stood at attention. <laughs> Johan says, it's all about potential. Waltz, Bobo. Always has been. You see what I'm saying? We are spending money on these events. And really, I also agree with Johan that this is what it's all about. It's kind of sad. Uh, Rough Seas, he was ha finding it hard to believe that, that that was Mario. Obviously, Rough Seas, he changes his voice. That's the whole point of having an alter ego. You're not going to use your same voice, really. Uh-huh. Um, Soka says, guarantee you it's not Craig Marin, <laughs> nor Craig Rankin, like you said. I don't think it's Mario either from what I've heard. It is Mario. Um, and there are people who work very, very closely with him that would know um, that he has put them out because he sends them to, him, to them first. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello? Hello? Hi. Yes. I didn't get my, my award. I didn't get my award. <laughs> What 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 have you done in the realm of cultural, <laughs> a cultural luminary? Are you an artist? <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm -mm. What a hot mess! Uh, Miss Hilda agrees that the colors are lovely in Julie's dress. Yeah, it wasn't the color that was the issue at all. It's more of a design problem and design, as the caller said, specific to her body type. Rusty says, look at a clown outfit and tell me a clown doesn't have as much ruffles as she does on her outfit. Oh, rough seas. That hurt. But honest. Uh, Liana says, look here. When God count tears, government best know what will happen next. <sighs> what was, was that the only shot they took of the dress. It's a nice design and color. Um, I haven't seen, I don't know who the official photographer was. It's probably Shankar because normally they use his services. So I'm sure there are other pictures of her. Uh, we just haven't seen any. So we saw that one. 
And then one, one with her. Let me see if CIG has anything up on their page. Uh, I'll have to look and see. But that was the one that we saw. Cayman Islands government. So they may have some others. I don't know. Um, yeah, they don't really, they have a couple pictures up. Some of the governor, uh, the MPs laying a wreath. Now, not for nothing, let me point out, um, our little friend here, Makiva Bush taking a page out of Julie's, um, playbook and wearing a mask at the event. Listen, don't be a donkey. Y'all know how stupid you look with a mask out in a public uh, space. I mean, really? Anyway, here he is. And I heard he had the keen too, because, you know, this event had a lot of people out there. Maybe even some people that we chosen for his jury selection. And there he is with a mask and pretending like he needs the walker. Uh, COVID has been going around, though. And, of course, we know he's high risk with some of his health issues. So, um, I guess... But these are the West Bay MPs when they went up to um, lay the wreath on uh, on this area. Not for nothing, but do you guys know how many times they have redone this um, National Heroes Square area? That's another place where they seem to spend a lot of money. Every couple of years, they chip out the stone and redo it. It's like they can't make up their minds. Trying to figure it out. What a hot mess. All right. So um, this person says it's a square dress on a round woman. Hmm? Hot mess. Uh, they had the conch shell blowing. That's nice. Like to see that. Congratulations to Mr. Dale and others. So um, the governor had on um, her little outfit. Um, you know, it was all right. I mean, it suits her in terms of the fit. I'm not crazy about her color, but you know, hey, <laughs> what a hot mess. Uh, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more colorful. She looks like she's going to a funeral, honey child. But then maybe she knows something that we don't know. So um, there you go. Why do governors carry handbags? Um, does, is there not someone who could have held her handbag for her as she's walking out and being taken to the stage? Why does she have a handbag at all? What's in this handbag? I mean, what do you need <laughs> that she would that she would need to be carrying in that handbag? Even for me, when I go to certain events, it depends on, you know, if I'm media, then I might have bags and stuff for equipment. But a lot of these types of things, I don't even carry a bag too. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I'm not really sure why um, she has a handbag, but I think that she would have certainly looked better without it. Um, Sabrina, always on point, honey child. She loves colors. Sabrina always be wearing some nice, pretty colors. And the hats. I need to find out where Sabrina gets her hats from, child, because, boy, 
I'm not really a huge hat person, but you know, Sabrina makes me want to have a whole hat collection. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I think the men looked good. Um, now I couldn't help but notice John John is wearing red in his tie. Does that mean he's still PPM? <laughs> That's a joke, folks. That's a joke. You think they bat up? Um, uh, what's the member from East End called again? Um, oh Lord. Rankin, Isaac. Do you think they bat up Isaac because he's wearing a blue tie and they're claiming that blue is pack colors? Maybe Isaac didn't get the memo. Huh. So Julie had on a fascinator. I'm trying to see if I can find a better picture of her, but to be honest, I don't really see any. Um, you guys would have to go and watch the video, I guess, to get some more photos. I don't really see any that really show the dress per se. Okay, let's move on. While we're on the topic of protocol, somebody called me yesterday and they said, they're like, what's the name of that man at the airport who takes government officials through? And I said, oh, you mean Derek Ebanks? He works in a protocol office on a contract. Um, oh, yes. Let me read these comments. My apologies. Someone says, can we please send praise to Sabrina Turner? Big lady, like most Caymanian women, dressing herself beautifully and rocking her outfit. Yeah, she's curvy and, you know, still dresses well. Morning. We big girls find a dressmaker to tailor her clothes to suit her body type. Someone like Judas, uh, Judas Santa, a full-time one now. Mine is far too busy with me for her drama. Uh, Sandra, we need to educate you. Judas had on a hat. Mornings, you wear a hat for functions. Afternoon, it's then a fascinator. She doesn't... No, 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 no. Oh, hold on now, honey child. That was not a hat on her head. That's a fascinator. Hold on. That, my friend, is the one with the little headband. Aren't those what fascinators are? They're not a hat. That's a fascinator. Is not the very definition of a fascinator. This is a hat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Some of y'all are hat experts. This is the fascinator headband. And that's exactly what she's wearing. A headband. Mm -hmm. Look at it good. See that? You can see the headband right on the side. That ain't no hat, honey chow. Uh... Good morning, Miss Sandra. You notice that Kathy don't sit near Sabrina anymore. Sabrina knows the snakes. <laughs> God knows. Oh, sorry. God answers her prayer. Miss Sandra, just give her the props. Um, that is English with the handbags. The queen never leaves her handbag. Really? What's in it? All right. Um, this person said the royal couple in Jamaica for the Bob Marley film um, and protocol was observed for sure. This is um, Prince Harry and wife Megan uh, in Jamaica for the Bob Marley uh, movie premiere. Okay. Um, somebody said, good morning, Sandy. McKeever mask was to mask the alcohol on his... <laughs> Say what? Oh my gosh, y'all are so crazy. 
I mean, he does show up to funerals drunk and, and acting out, but really? He didn't show up to Heroes Day drunk, though. He knows better than that. I mean, I hope. No, sir. No mess. You know, at this point, I don't think the man actually cares anymore. Magnum Opus says these awards are like the birthday shout-outs, a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yep. Um... Uh, someone says, um, oh, no, you have some people who will be begging for an award. They're collecting them like candy. I'm going to nominate you for your services to journalism in the Cayman Islands. No, man, we are not body sh shaming women in 2024. And we're not. We're making some um, constructive comments on, you know, she might need a um, dressmaker to assist her. Nobody's shaming the body. We're shaming the dress on the body, if that makes any sense. Because you still have to know whatever body type you have, you have to know what's appropriate. Uh, this person says, we all have Caribbean, curvy Caribbean bodies. Some, some of us, some of y'all flat like a board. So I don't know what kind of Caribbean thing you got. But anyway, it is what it is. Um, so this person sent some pictures. Oh, here's another picture of the dress. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, this is a good close-up. Thank you to this astute listener who um, can demonstrate what the dress look like. Okay, so this is a close-up. So it's actually a jacket and a dress underneath. Yes, this is very, very good. Good close-up shot. So here it is again. Somebody was asking for another angle of the dress. So I'm happy to share this angle. Uh, let me see now. Oh, yes. Rush C says, I hate to see women wearing all these fancy hats. We can't even have a proper horse racetrack so they can really show them off. All right. So here is the, um, here it is. So you, th this, this front angle, you get to see a little bit more of the um, ruffles on the one side. And uh, what is on the other side? Oh, no, that's the award that this lady's getting. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's a little bit of a better visual of it, as well as her fascinator. Um, Alejandra says, Sandy, you need to have her live on the show. She's so pleasant to see. And we'd love to hear more from her. Who's who? Who are we talking about? Oh, you mean the governor? You're, you're speaking of the governor? Um, we have. Okay. Let me tell y'all. Alejandro, I'm glad you've asked. Uh, Cece says the governor's such a lovely lady. She's uh, such a people's person and very, very welcoming. So ironically enough, um, there's someone new in the governor's office. And, you know, I do have uh, contacts. I'm in contact with them. Let me put it that way. And um, this new person didn't seem to know that we've actually interviewed the governor already. Um, so they're like, oh, would you like to have a sit-down interview with the governor? But their definition of a sit-down interview was actually um, like writing it down and then doing a printed article. So I said, listen, allow me to educate you about a couple of things. Nobody wants to read a written interview from the governor. We've already interviewed her on camera. 
as sort of her initial introduction to the island to say hello, you know, what's your background? What have you been up to? That sort of thing. And um, so the next logical step for my audience, because I know my audience, is to have her on the live show. So it is so interesting, Alejandro, that you have said that we would like to have her on the show because literally, I think it was last week or the week before. I think it was last week. The weeks are starting to go by so quickly. About a week ago, I literally had this conversation with someone from her office. So then they said that another member of the media contacted them and they wanted to have um, a, they didn't want to do the sit down interview because that's just, nobody's doing that anymore. I'm like, what part of England are y'all from? That is so old school. I hate to tell you. So they were wanting to do a video interview and they said, you know, we want to be fair to everyone. So we've agreed for them to do, um, y'all notice I'm, I'm about to touch my glasses and they're not even on. <laughs> they're like, you know, we've agreed to let them do it. And so we wanted to offer you the same opportunity. And I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. We're actually not interested in that because we've done that already. My audience, you know, your audience would like to have her live on the show. It's a very different dynamic. They want to be able to engage with her, to ask her questions and all that sort of stuff. So they said, oh, okay. And I said, listen, you know, I'm sure this premier has told the governor, oh, don't go talk to Sandy. She's like a little monster or whatever. I said, I'm happy to sit down with her and do a little bit of handholding, have some tea and crumpets or whatever to put her mind at ease. I can assure you that... um, Our audience don't bite. They're actually very, very pleasant. For the most part, they are incredibly respectful. And if they're not respectful to our guests, that's one of the things that will get them locked. So, you know, once she's up for it. So they said they'll circle back to me um, at some point in time. So the invitation, Alejandro, just FYI, has been um, extended. CC says, DP, Andre Ebank's smile is so contagious, it brightens any room. Alejandra says, I don't blame Sabrina because, yes, Kathy is a snake. West Bay better not vote her back in. Um, Alfredo, my only question for you is what options will the people of West Bay have? I don't want us replacing one snake for another one because I think, unfortunately, we've made that mistake. So we need some viable alternatives for candidates. Like it's time for people to step forward who are serious about representing the people of the Cayman Islands. And we have to test them because unfortunately when they come out a little bit too late, um, we don't have the opportunity to test them. And then everybody's up in this whole, you know, you get into the, excitement of the election and you lose the plot. Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, oh, somebody say our bodies are round like the English pound. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. 
Uh, this very English person says it's classy to have a handbag. Okay. If y'all say so. All right, then. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about protocol and then we're going to move on. So I was got this phone call yesterday, like I said. Someone was questioning me because they saw Chris Saunders' wife come in on KX. Uh, let me tell you which flight. KX603 from Jamaica, I think. So she came in, yes, KX603 in the afternoon from Jamaica. And they were saying that this guy, which is Mr. Derek, from the protocol office, actually um, escorted her through. And they're like, but she wasn't traveling with her husband, who's an MP. Is this a service that is extended to everybody, um, who whoever protocol decides? And I said, well, let me find out. So I understand that in theory and in practice, anyone can get an escort, I guess, as long as the MP requests it. And so there's not anything unusual about the wives um, and dignitaries and whatever getting it. And some people use the service. Some people don't use it. But the only question, the person who was sort of advising me of what the correct thing is, is whether or not the request went through the protocol office. Remember now, if you will, that there is something amiss in the protocol office. Because we have um, people like Chris Saunders who use the um, protocol office and they misuse and abuse the protocol office. When they do so, they then stand up and make a point of highlighting the civil servants who have made their lives so much easier because they just go along with whatever. And unfortunately, one of those people is Mr. Derek. He doesn't, listen, he's from the good old boys network. You know what I'm saying? They do whatever the heck they want when they feel like it. No protocols, no nothing. So Chris Saunders uses the service all the time for his family if they're going on vacation it's not official business. And I'm thinking to myself, you mean to tell me that the protocol office has so little to do that if I'm traveling on vacation, I will get the protocol office to carry my suitcases for me, load them up on the conveyor belt, and that's okay? Because we, the people of the Cayman Islands, are actually paying for this, right? So we're paying Derek's salary of God knows how many thousands a month so he can be the, the bag handler for Chris Saunders and his family and his wife? That makes sense. Is that what protocol is supposed to be? Now, I've witnessed Derek with my own two eyes, so this is not a hearsay, lifting up their suitcases last summer in August when they were traveling to Jamaica for holiday. I was right there. It just so happens that I was at the counter and I turned around and there was Chris Saunders and his family. And there was Derek lifting up his suitcases and every single child and the wife and putting all in the conveyor belt because nobody can lift their suitcases for themselves, apparently. And that's what we're paying the protocol office to do. So in order to request 
services from the protocol office, you're actually supposed to go through the office and put in a formal request. What is not supposed to happen is you're not supposed to be able to just WhatsApp Derek and be like, hey, my wife is coming in KX603 at whatever time in the afternoon. Can you please um, collect her, escort her through customs, handle her bag for her, and, and escort her through customs and immigration and whatever? My concern, you know, I'm told, you know, that would be the only question is whether or not those requests have actually gone through the office. My concern is a much larger one, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've made the observation, I've seen certain MPs come in who are not subject to any of the checks and balances that everybody else is. And you see, this now becomes a problem. MPs, ministers, even the premier of this office should still be subject to security checks. They're human beings, as we have seen from other places all over the world. Right now, we have an MP, a sitting MP in Jamaica, who's being charged with the murder of his own wife. Right? MPs are not above the law. They might be trying to skirt around customs duty, bringing in expensive jewelry for the side pieces and not declaring it to customs. So is it fair or not fair that they can just skirt through and nobody's checking them to make sure they're not a drug mule? Maybe they know that their days are numbered as an MP. So all of a sudden they're like, well, here's my backup plan. I'm going to fall back on, on importing drugs into the Cayman Islands. And nobody's like checking their bags. Nobody checking the family bag. We're all giving them special privileges. I'm just saying. I would hope that none of our officials would be that stupid. But you don't operate a country on hope and a wish and a prayer. You operate it on laws, protocols, regulations, rules, and procedures. So what is to stop any of them from doing this? Only God knows. And when you have an overly familial relationship, with the Derek Ebankses of the world, this creates an even bigger problem. Because Derek not gonna be checking nothing. He's like, oh yeah, they, they yeah, not, 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 let them through. Don't worry about it. That's crazy. I'll leave it there, but I think that this needs to be an area that is firmed up and looked into. Somebody needs to check the log from yesterday to see if Chris Saunders actually made a proper request through the protocol office for Derek, who's being paid by the people of the Cayman Islands via the protocol office to actually be there at that time. Because what ends up happening is Derek might be assigned somewhere else and they have other duties, but he's going to drop everything else in order to show up when Chris Saunders calls. Ms. Wanda says, sounds like Chris Saunders is an entitled pompous, you know what he is. No doubt about that. And then look at how it translates into, of all the people that he's going to praise in the protocol office, look at who he ends up praising. So my thanks to Mr. Derek Banks for the work that he constantly does. I mean, anytime you call him, he's always there. And I just want to register it that it's, it's really a big help and professional, nice, very polite to deal with. 
And I just want to register my thanks to him in that regard publicly. That's all. Thank you. I thought you were going to take it to the same line of the uniform paraders. Um, well, only pay, pay any more. <laughs> Madam Chair, I just want to add my, my thanks and appreciation for the same person and to others in the, in the protocol office because I think we do get a good service from the protocol officers, um, particularly when we, when we travel, particularly those of us that know how to use a cane for certain purposes. <laughs> Um, I'll stop there just to say thanks to them. Oh, try and hush with your fake cane talking foolishness. You don't need a cane when you're out drinking. So that's rich and funny that you need it when you're sober. Taking the people of this country for damn fool. Anyway, let me not digress. But um, yes, so to single out a civil servant like that um, in finance committee to, oh, Derek, you know, Thank you so much. When, again, you notice what he said? Well, when he calls Derek, Derek is always there. You shouldn't be calling Derek. The correct protocol is for you to fill out a form and to go through the protocol office and to, you know, do it the right way. But that's not what's happening. Of course he's calling Derek. Does the protocol office even have a website? They have protocol resources, protocol coordination unit. Yeah, they're not going to website as usual. Somebody says the alcohol stiffens the spine, apparently. Yes, medically proven that when you drink, you no longer need your keen. <laughs> so for those of you who needed clarification, who were thinking that that was Craig um, Marin, I can assure you Craig himself has said that that's definitely not him, just in case. And that voice note, that, that alter ego person is not him. Um... Someone says, thank God she didn't wear a muumu. Hope she doesn't wear them overseas. So everyone nominated will now get awarded. Well, it seems to be the case. Um, <laughs> uh, in relation to Kenneth, somebody says, the next time he asks you if you're on air, tell him that you're under the sea, damn fool. <laughs> a pineapple under the sea. All right, SpongeBob. Uh, all right. Someone sent a quote, says nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Abraham Lincoln. So incredibly true. My goodness. All right. Let's keep it moving, honey chow. Good morning, Miss Jackie. She says certain ladies carry for various reasons their handbags. The former queen carried um, marmalade sandwiches, source Paddington, and also to signal staff she want to leave politely. I don't think she actually carried sandwiches in her bag. Um, was she a diabetic or something and she needed to eat in between? Uh, yeah, okay. Thanks for that, Miss Jackie. Aliana says, again, rule for some, but not for me attitude. Alejandro says, we are profession and professionals, I think is what I meant to say, in importing third world and third world behavior. Someone also said that, um, was that in the section here? About, yes, they be using that same privilege to be, oh yes, that was Alejandro. Says, not to mention bringing in the side pieces. I guess they get an escort too. 
they probably get a request through protocol. Just bring her straight through for me. I'll be at the hotel on uh, Eastern Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Johan, try to behave yourself. Um, why would you associate them with illegal substance? That's not right. Irvin, associate who? An MP, a sitting MP. Do we need to refresh your memory about another jurisdiction where uh, uh, government officials were caught up in um, that trap, the port, and others? What country was that again? Uh, They've now since pled guilty, her son. All these people are mixed up into it. There's only so many things you're going to be importing in illegally. And one of them, and, you know, it's either going to be money or a substance or something of the sort. BVI, thank you so much. So that's not unusual. And these are the things that will happen that we have to be uh, very, very careful with. So, like I said, I'm hoping none of our MPs would be that stupid. But at the end of the day, it's not, you don't base these decisions on trusting them. You just have the proper protocol and process um, in place. Strong Wilt is asking if Karen has been, a.k.a. Penny, has been arrested as yet. Um, We've not had any communication from the police despite requesting something. Uh, Nothing yet. I'll follow up with them. So, yeah, go back. BVI premier arrested in Miami drug smuggling case. And you're asking why we have to talk about it being a substance? Why wouldn't we talk about it being a substance? I'll put the link here. Go refresh your memory. A sitting premier of a country decided to be involved in money laundering. Uh, Andrew Alturo Fahi, did he end up pleading guilty or is he the one that's going to go to trial now? I'm trying to remember. But everybody else around him, I know, pled guilty. So um, I can't remember if there were any further updates on this. I'll ask Renee, actually. Um, yeah, he's going to trial on drug charges. Um, and that was November. So he's going to take his chances and go to trial. His behind is going to go to jail. <laughs> Without a doubt. I can tell y'all that this dude is going to be convicted. They have everything on recording, as far as I can remember. And his co-accused have all worked out a deal. Um, and they are now actually going to um, testify against him. And he's, he's, he's a premier. You think we can trust any of these people? Chani Chow. Irvin, I don't trust him. All right, let's move on. Yeah, strong will. Let's talk about this poor lady who stripped down in the airport yesterday. Um, You know, when I first saw the video, I didn't realize that she was actually naked on the bottom. I thought she had on her, her underwear. Because, you know, you can have a color. Um, underwear that's like a skin tone. So I, sh- I actually thought she had on underwear. And then it was about the second or third time that I watched it that I realized she was actually naked. I was like, what the what? 
Oh my God. So I feel sorry for this woman. They say that she's actually a dentist in America. Obviously she has some kind of mental episode and I don't want us to make fun of anybody who's having a mental break. I don't know why it happened at the airport. Um, but, you know, I don't know what set her off. Some people were suspecting maybe she was on, on drugs or something. I don't really know, to be honest. Um, but what I do know is that she obviously wasn't thinking straight. Uh, you could see her, you know, being erratic on the floor. Look like she's trying to fight her friend. And then when the police officer came, she was actually trying to, well, you know what? Why sometimes you can see things. It wasn't until I read the report that they said, oh, she was trying to disarm him. I actually thought she was trying to grab his privates. That's what I saw. I didn't see that she was actually grabbing for a gun because I didn't even see the gun. Like she was grabbing at his, you know, I thought she was trying to grab his privates. I'm like, what the hell is this woman doing? But then when I read the report, it said, no, she was actually trying to disarm him. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a totally different story, honey child. Because <laughs> I tell you what, at first I'm like, oh, she did not just try to grab at his little willy. What the hell is she doing? Anyway, poor thing. Um, you know, just walking around in her bra. And, um, you know, there's a lot of commentary and stuff in the background. I hope that she gets the help that she needs. Whatever happened, I mean, it's so unfortunate. Because, yes, this is the kind of thing that does go viral. And everybody is going to be talking about this for her 15 minutes of fame. Um, somebody else says, I'm still thinking she was actually grabbing at his private. <laughs> somebody else was saying, so it's just not me with a dirty mind. Y'all like, oh, Sandy, get your mind out the gutter. See, it wasn't. I'm just having a look. I'm not going to show you all the video, but let me look at it again. So, yeah, you see when she's on the floor initially, I, I thought she had her underwear on. Because there's almost like a little line. So I thought that was the, the strap of the undies. Yeah. So then when people, somebody was trying to help us, she threw herself back down on the ground. See, she grabbing him there and kicking at him. Oh, he actually has a gun? She wasn't grabbing the gun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look at this again. I'm looking now. Because the side of him that she was grabbing isn't even the side with the gun. Hold on. Let's see. No, man. She was grabbing his privates for true. His gun was on his right side. She wasn't trying to grab no gun. The gun was on the right side. She was grabbing his privates. I'm looking at it again, and my initial assessment here was correct. And then, unfortunately, she starts doing something of a more sexual nature, which, again, I think that... He has on a gun, but that's not what she was grabbing. 
No. Yeah. Because then she starts like grabbing her privates and basically saying something about do it or something. So I think she was grabbing at his privates. Oh my gosh, this poor woman. Oh my God. Then she starts, oh my God, she's urinating. I didn't even see that before. <gasps> oh my God, did y'all see that? Like after she grabs her privates and then she starts urinating. I didn't notice that until just now. Oh my God, this poor woman. What the hell? Oh, this is actually really sad. What on earth happened to her? Oh my God. Oh my God. And her boobs are hanging out. Oh my God. Ugh. What the heck? Somebody's saying officer cuff her. So now this one puts her down on the ground. And um, they look like they're trying to, this next one, he's on the phone with his taser, it looks like, and he's trying to get his handcuffs out. This is so sad. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but oh my God. So then they look like they start to put her in handcuffs. Um, and that's her friend that she's traveling with. She looks like she's trying to get at her friend and somebody's trying to cover her up. Wow. Oh my God. So, oh, wow. This is a hot mess. And then some, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, this is just crazy. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. I'm a little bit speechless now that I'm even rewatching it. I didn't realize certain things like she peed on herself and uh, wow. So she's either having some sort of a severe mental break or drugs. Those are the only two logical explanations for why people would act out in this matter. Um, I hope for her sake, it's not drugs. Um, and that she can get some mental health assistance. But honestly, <sighs> wow. She, if she if she's a dentist and, and works for somebody else, she no longer has a job after this video. I'm going to be honest with you. So she was uh, trying to check in to flight um, to go to Las Vegas. To return home, I guess. My goodness. When do y'all go on vacation? Are you not on your best behavior? Child, I'd be so scared of acting out in other people's country. Um, I'd be on my best behavior. I not listen. Uh-uh, honey, child. I'm like, hold on here now. I am on my very best behavior. So... Um, you know, the story she was trying to disarm him, but I, I questioned that.
What a hot mess. Anyway, this person says, good morning, Miss Sandra. You noticed Kathy. Oh, yes. Okay. We read that part already. Um, the queen. Yes. Okay. Miss Sandra on the Andre Stevens show last night. He said that she was doped. He got the information from the hospital. It seems from his source. Uh, okay. Uh, lots of people saying that the situation is just sad. Um, someone said maybe she's had some lace drugs. Another person says um, that she was she was grabbing at her front and she peed a little bit. Crack is whack. I mean, I don't know if it's crack or not, but just a very um, sad situation. Um, wow. My God. Nosa. Whew. Anyway, uh, we hope that she gets uh, whatever professional help that she requires and that um, she'll be okay. You've got to be so careful. I mean, I can't speak to anything, um, you know. I hope the Jamaican officials will, if it is drugs, they will take that very, very seriously. And um, they will certainly also release that information to the public. Because I think that, quite honestly, it is, <laughs> it, it demonstrates the dangers of taking uh, you know, sometimes you take a substance that's laced with something, or sometimes you actually, um, you actually, you know, had something in your drink. So it's not that you would necessarily take it on a legal substance. So whatever the situation is here, they should investigate this properly to make sure that that part of the story doesn't have any significant merit. But yes, so this was um, making the news all over Jamaica for sure yesterday. And uh, we wish her a full recovery, whatever her situation is. Pretty wild. Okay. So what a hot mess. Um, Damien says she was spreading it and taunting the cop to shoot her there. Oh, Lord. Trust me, that's not the kind of shooting there that you want. Uh, Hilda says, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Siobhan says, Miss Sandy being a PI. Uh, Gabby says, I'm waiting to hear who this sicko is. Uh, Leroy says, that's Jamaica two by four. What do you mean two by four? Um, Alejandro, Aliano agrees that she was actually going for his privates. Uh, Sue says that I've seen this type of breakdown before. I mean, imagine seeing it in person. The video is so shocking. But imagine seeing it in person. Wow, it's like, oh my God, what the heck? So we don't know. We don't know the cause of it. So I don't really want to um, belabor you know, what, what's going on here if we don't know all the details. So Denver says, I don't know what code neutrons you all on because I sure don't see any of the video that went viral. Any what? Any code, code neutrons? I sure didn't see any of these videos that go viral. 
Oh, you haven't seen the video. Okay. Um. Uh huh. Can be drugs or she is bipolar, says Stephanie. And she just has an episode just like that. Wow. Ronaldo says, what happens in the Montego Bay Airport doesn't stay in the Montego Bay Airport. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, in this day and age, everybody going to be filming it. All right, Stephanie said, let's talk about this 11-year-old. All right, let's talk about this because this is a very disturbing situation. But I actually have a theory about this, and I'm going to tell you what my theory is. Because on the one hand, this story could be a bit of a red herring in that this isn't really what it appears to be at all. But let's let's take it at face value. So let's just take a quick commercial break. And then I do want to talk about this because even if we take it at face value or not, this is either way, I think that this is a pretty uh, disturbing situation. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. All right, folks. Um, So yesterday... We got some messages from someone purporting to be a 28-year-old woman. And I'm going to show you guys the messages that she sent us. We've taken out the child's name. But she claims that an 11-year-old child is having an affair with her husband. And so um, she wants the child to stop it because the child is, like, targeting her husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, another page administrator sent it to me and they're like, oh, Miss Sandy, we just got this. What do we do with this? And I'm like, huh? What is this person saying? Let's have a look at it. Um, let me see here now. Hold on one second. So... This person says, good morning, Sandra. I would like to bring awareness to these little girls in Cayman. I'm a 20-year-old married woman, and this 11-year-old has been what I've known having sex with my 30-year-old husband. I'm not only worried, but very upset. She has not only ruined my relationship, but has ruined my family of four. I have a newborn and a five-year-old son. I've been in contact with the 11-year-old, and she claims 
that she's in love and can't let go. They have the can't let go in quotations of my husband. Not only is this embarrassing, but it is a disgrace that this is what K-Man has come to. <laughs> well, this is a disgrace, all right. She goes on to name the 11-year-old. We cut out the name. And she continues, I'd like to stay anonymous, please. I am so embarrassed. I hope this brings awareness to this island. She also stole many things from my house, appearing when she was on the run, and re apparently while she was on the run, and recently since has been so-called seeing my husband. So the... <laughs> The page administrators replied, OMG, thank you for sharing. Uh, they obviously thought they were talking to me. They were not talking to me. No problem, Sandra. This is absolutely ridiculous. They misspelled absolutely, which is interesting. So sorry to bother you. I just felt like this needed to be addressed. This will be posted, yes. And the administrator review replied and said, we will review and get back to you. Well, it's going to be posted. But it's going to be posted asking you the question, what the hell is wrong with you? If you are really a 28-year-old woman, which I have my doubts, you see, sometimes these children troll each other and they create and make up these fake accounts that have no merit to them at all. I don't think this is a 20-year-old woman. But let's, for the sake of argument, except that it's a 28-year-old woman, what I think needs to happen is she should be calling the police on her husband instead of trying to blame an 11-year-old child for what your husband is doing. You yourself said these little girls. How can you talk about a little girl and a 30-year-old man in the same conversation and yet you are saying this little 11-year-old girl ruined your relationship with a 30-year-old man. Let me tell you something. If I ever found out that any man that I was with was with a child, I would string him by his gonads straight to the police station to be arrested. You cannot and should not be blaming a child, an 11-year-old, if this is true, right? For what a 30-year-old is doing. He has ruined your relationship, not the 11-year-old child. Hmm? Any right-thinking woman, how can an 11-year-old child compete with you? Your husband is sick. If this is true, and if this is really what has happened, your husband has a problem. And you know what we call it? Being a pedophile. Child molester. He needs his little wee-wee chopped off. No 30-year-old man should be looking at an 11-year-old child who's not even properly reached puberty and find anything attractive about that child. If he does, and if he is engaging in sexual relations with that child, or if he is even grooming that child, having any sort of inappropriate conversations, that is a criminal offense.
and he should be in jail. You should be messaging me talking about this 11-year-old claims that she's in love and can't let go of your husband. Your husband is the instigator. He is the one who is causing this, not the 11-year-old child. What is some big 30-year-old man even engaging in a conversation with an 11-year-old child for? What on earth would they have in common with each other? Uh, on air. Hello? I think these people be butt dialing me. Right? I mean, honestly, what would he be talking to this child about? This is now where, as parents, y'all need to understand that there are predators out there. And the reason why I want to discuss this, it's not even so much that I really believe this is probably her friend trying to troll her or some mix up, you know, beef with these kids. But it brings out a very valid point because let's accept it on the face of it because these things have happened in our communities before. So it's not like it's impossible to happen. It has happened. So my question to you, in what world do y'all think that it is okay, right, for a 30-year-old man to even have a conversation with an 11-year-old child? He shouldn't even be talking to a 15-year-old child, a 16, 17-year-old child. What are they going to be talking about? Anytime you see these older men, and I don't care if they're cousins, family members, whatever, wanting to hang around your children, boys or girls, you need to be extremely cautious because these individuals are predatory. Yes? And they are looking for a way to gain your child's trust so that they can take advantage of them and then sexually assault, rape, groom them, the works. This is the reality of the situation. These people are disgusting. This man needs to be in jail. There's nowhere else for him. He shouldn't be at home lying down with you and you talking foolishness about, oh, an 11-year-old giving you competition and she won't leave your man alone. Really? Really, woman? And you're 20 years old talking about you have a newborn? He's disgusting POS. And let me, let me put it this way. Some of y'all think that, um, oh, well, you know, these men are only going to be predatory towards somebody else's child. Right. If they go after any child, your child not safe either. Even the children that you have with him. This is a thing that I've never quite understood with people like Sidoni Mothersill and Atto Stevens, right? Because I'm like, hold on a second. He has molested and groomed somebody else's child. And you honestly believe that your child is safe from him? Your child might not be the right age for him yet because there are some predators who prefer a particular age. Some like some very young from babies, practically from the time they're born straight up. 
Others like them when they're a little bit older. Some like them when they're pre-puberty. And some like them when they're a bit more mature. So don't feel like because he hasn't done anything to your five-year-old yet that your child is safe. Your child is not the right age for his particular liking. Y'all need to wake up. I really despise and hate even talking about these things. But I can tell you without fear of contradiction that I am left no alternative but to talk about it because it happens every single day in our communities where children are being preyed upon, sometimes in their very homes. Remember the father from East End that I was telling y'all about recently? Molesting multiple of his children? Right now we have in Jamaica a cop who was charged with sexually assaulting a 14-year-old child. These things are what is happening. So somebody's saying that they think they know exactly who the man is and that this story is probably very true. I mean, this is, this is disturbing because the police need to arrest him. But you as the wife know that your husband is doing this and you are trying to blame a child? In what alternative universe does an 11-year-old child have the maturity level, emotionally, physically, psychologically, everything, to be in a relationship with a 30-year-old man where you can think that this child is the one who should be at fault? Y'all need to have your heads checked. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, Caymanians, I need y'all to pay attention now. Because the more we have people in our societies who are blaming children, who are victims for being a victim, the less likely we are ever really going to get a hold of this situation. These perpetrators can come up with the most insane stories. Oh, they were seduced. How the f- is a child going to seduce you? Big, hard, bad, no good man. How does that happen? They're sick. Like I said, absolutely no reason why anybody should be conversing with a child of that age. I'll, I'll, I'll confirm with that person here in a second if we're talking about the same person. Because if we are, I am going to report it to the police that they need to look into which 11-year-old this is, get her to come in and give a statement about how she met this man and how he has been sexually abusing her for God knows how long. If the child thinks that she is in love with this man, it's no wonder because an 11-year-old shouldn't be having sex with anybody. They're not mature enough for that kind of a relationship. And naturally, they would be all in their feelings and all confused. 
thinking that that's what love is when it's not. That's what child abuse is. So let me be very, very clear. I was so disturbed by this post when it was sent to me last night that I thought to myself, this either has to be a really poor joke that somebody is trying here, or this 28-year-old woman who is a wife of a pedophile needs a good lick upside her damn head too. Because she has lost the plot. Okay? Don't expect me to be posting up an 11-year-old child with these types of allegations being made against her. Now, there are times when I will post stuff, believe me you, even when it's with these children fighting in schools and all this other stuff. But I am not going to post a child that you claim is in a relationship with a 30-year-old man and she's trying to take your husband away from you. Under no circumstances. You want to remain anonymous because you should be ashamed of yourself for even sending me such a post. You should be ashamed of yourself for knowing that you have a husband who would have the audacity to go and lay down with a child and have sex with that child. That's where the embarrassment and the shame should come in for your husband and his behavior, not for what an 11-year-old child is doing. Now, if this 11-year-old child happens to be listening, she's probably on Instagram. Let me have a conversation with you. As someone who is a mother of a young daughter who one day will be 11, you need to report this man to the police. He is using you. This is not love. This is sick. Okay? He is abusing and using you. Do not get caught up in a situation that you have no real understanding of. You can't control this situation. Here you have a wife who is about to publicly try to embarrass you on K-Man's top social media platform. And this would have, if I was that stupid... This would have ruined your life. You understand the magnitude of what you have gotten yourself into. You need to, you're 11 years old, but you're doing some and engaging in some behavior, pretending like you're an adult and you're not. You're already doing things that are likely to ruin your life up to a certain extent. And I'm asking you to try to make better decisions. And get out of this situation. Get yourself some help. When an 11-year-old child is trying to have a relationship of this kind with a man more than twice her age, I can tell you without fear of contradiction that this means that something is missing in your life. 
you obviously don't have a father who is really active in your life and is showing you a good example of what fatherly love is supposed to be like. Good morning, caller. Hello. I don't know what y'all calling me and what's up for today. <sighs> okay. Someone is saying that, oh, if I know if the child's mother knows anything about it. Um, someone says she should have been, she should have beaten him to pulp, gotten rid of him and reported him to the police. Well, I don't, I don't know, but you know, I don't know whether her mother knows about it or not, but what I can tell you is that, um, in situations like this, the, the, if, if a parent does know and they're allowing it to happen, they should be charged as well as the perpetrator. So, like I said, I don't know the child. I don't know any of the circumstances. But what I do know is if there is knowledge of this happening, you actually have, I mean, the reporting obligation is a little bit different in the law because it's like in your professional capacity as like teachers or whatever. But anybody, in my opinion, who knows that a child is being molested should have, even if it's not in law, they should have a moral obligation to step in and to do something about it, especially if it is your own child. Y'all must be crazy. Listen, I keep telling y'all that I'm not designed or built for prison life, but there is one time that I will definitely be going to prison. And that if, if anybody and their stupidity dare touch my child, I am going to listen. I gotta beat you up and then call the police. But I gotta make sure I get a couple licks in before they come. In fact, I'm gonna tell them, take your time, honey child. Y'all be so slow. This is one day that you need to be slow. And I can have my baseball bat thumping you every couple seconds on your head and on your penis. Okay? This is, it's, it's, there's like a new level of sickness when I hear foolishness like this. All of us have an obligation to protect children. Y'all need to be paying attention to what is happening in your communities. You could be saving a lot of children from abuse. I mean, honestly, there's something inherently wrong when people are willing to turn a blind eye. Well, that on my business, that on my child, I don't care. You should care. You should very much care what is happening to children in this community. Too many children are being victimized. It's causing drug abuse issues. It's causing them to have all sorts of problems in life because they cannot handle what comes with it. An 11-year-old child should be 
playing marbles, enjoying the company of their friends. They shouldn't know anything about sex. And to, you know, the excuse that people want to make is, oh, well, you know, the, these children, they mature for their age. They're not mature for their age. What they are is they are forced riped by communities such as ours. That's what they are. She can't let go of your husband. Well, it seems to me like your husband can't let go of her. That's the real story here. This is what K-Man has come to. You want a reality check? K-Man has been like this a long time. If y'all want to know the, the cold hard truth. Sexual abuse of our children is nothing new. Unfortunately, it went going on for far too long. And it's not going to stop until people start standing up and doing something about it. Now, here's the unfortunate thing. Yes, I see some of you asking on Instagram um, if we are reporting this to the police. Of course we are. Now, this person has created a fake account, and this is where, you know, I have to wonder. They have created a fake account in order to bring this story to us. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Because if you really want me to believe your story, right, you need a message from your real account, and don't be pretending to be someone that you're not, and what you're most concerned about here is us actually outing this child as opposed to, you know, getting to the bottom of the situation. We have a caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Oh, good morning, Sandra. You sound so horrible. It could oh, be I the know. change of the weather. Yeah. No, I've got this cold again, but anyway. Yes, yes. Um, it. We need some, um, maybe Anna saying her name right, but um, many, many, many years ago, it, it happened. We need some of her around. Um, Marina Bobbitt. Yes. You remember the story? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She was abused by her husband. And, 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 and what did she do? Cut it off. But she threw it in the bush. Oh my God! And then, and then directed the. But I'm, I'm, I'm just laughing at what she did. But we need some of them around. Since people say, um, "Oh, it's none of my business." Oh, it's sure it's all of our business. How are we going to ever rectify? problems like this if we don't make it our business especially a child and i'm like you i'm like you now that is something worthwhile spending time in jail for because he would never molest another child again by the time i finish with him something and i get fed by the government too so um Right now, they're not feeding me. So that would be something worthwhile. Sandra, I want to tell you, um, make sound good, but um, <laughs> take some cuddle oil and, mm -hmm. and lemon and all the vitamins. See, you can 
take if you can take vitamin C because some people can because of stomach problems. And I want to let you know again, you're doing an excellent job. Things that we didn't know about is now getting out there and we should have known about it. Thank you very much and you have a good day. And also, Miss Gigi, I love your little daughter. Thank you so much. I don't know her, but I've seen her once or twice. She's a sweet child. Thank, Thank you. you so much again. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you know, our children are sweet children, but that's why we have to fight to protect their innocence because there's too many people out there who are willing to take it away from them too easily. But it's not going to be this, mama. <laughs> Trust and believe me when I tell you. My husband already knows that there's certain things that I don't play with. Now, he thinks I'm a little bit crazy and he's entitled to think that. And I sure I, I am a little bit crazy when it comes to this topic. I don't trust nobody. You hear me? No uncle, no cousin, nobody. You can't. Children are vulnerable in a lot of different situations. When you travel overseas... Yeah, you're around them cousins that don't hang out with your child all the time. They want to take advantage of your child. Oh, let her go out in the countryside in Jamaica and hang out with her her cousins. Oh, y'all must be crazy. Not this mama, honey, chill. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Mommy, I'm right there. Oh, you want to play marbles? Here I am. I want to play marbles too. Why you? You can't live your life like that. You don't trust anybody. I said, that's okay. I can live perfectly like that because I'm going to save my child from something that has happened to too far too many Caribbean children and the parents sitting there oblivious that siblings, cousins, uncles, all kind of people molesting their children and they don't even have a freaking clue. Yes, I'm a helicopter parent. So what? I don't care. Listen to me. Nobody not going to tell me that I can't protect my child, even if it makes me sound a little bit crazy. That's fine. Play dates. Only one house that she's allowed to go to for play dates without me being there in person. And there's no men at that house and that location. Parents, y'all have got to pay attention. Now, I'm being told that this story is 100% true in terms of this man. They just sent me a picture of who he is. You have got to be kidding me. Really? Who is he? What's his name? This person said they've even brought it to the police attention and the police don't want to do nothing about it. Talking about he has mental issues. He would have mental issues, all right. Because I would knock the rest of his brain out of his friggin' head. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandra. I had to laugh just a little bit when I hear you talking because you remind me so much of myself. That sometimes, even now, I wonder if I'm a little sick. You know, my daughter is 27, my son is 20. But when they were younger, it's the same thing. I spoke to my daughter about that's the same subject when she was only five. Uh -huh. I shouldn't have to do that. Uh 
Mm-hmm. Like she came home from preschool and asked me, what is the belief? Now, as a parent, how do you handle that? So me, I don't hide nothing from my children. Reason being, my mama never talked to me about nothing. Mm-hmm. She was a single parent. She did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Meaning she did the best that she could. And I realized that in my 20s, I was able to forgive her for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, in turn, had to try to change the script. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what you raise up in is what you pass on. Yes. That wasn't what we're trying to do. So yeah. you, it's a very thin line to be able to have your children to be understand discipline, but mm-hmm. also to feel comfortable to come to you mm-hmm. if something is off. Yes. It's a very difficult thing to achieve, you know. Mm. I worked on that. My daughter came to me at five from preschool. And when I asked her who told her, it's a little girl where her mom was a nurse. And when her mom picks her up from preschool, she has her at the hospital with her. So she's privy to these conversations that mm. you probably as a parent may even aware that they understand me. So I explained to her what it is. Mm. I chose to because yes. it is something that is out of my control. Yeah. Right? So it's not only about being aware, but you have to be able to earn your children's trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That should pass from when they're young, that even when they become teenagers, teenagers, because sometimes the personality change, when they start yeah. to keep secrets and things, but you still need them to be mm-hmm. able to come to you if they want to make a big decision or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's not only that. I never call you single people out there mean that you can't do a good job. I'm a single parent, and I have two beautiful children. Yeah. The, parent, the fathers were in their lives, but barely there. Yes. I worked 14 years straight, seven days a week. Some months I worked 400 hours. Mm-hmm. But my children weren't left about. I kept in communication with them. I had to do things that I didn't like to do, leave them home by themselves, because I didn't trust people around them. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to do that. I didn't have the help. Yeah. Right? But even just like you're saying, siblings are the ones, even that was in my head. Because another thing, I have a lot of male friends. A yes. lot of them are molested as well. You know who they normally have best sex with? Teachers? Were mm. they first? Some of them is their older sister's best friend. They mm. babysit up. So it's not yeah. only females. The same things that you discuss with your female children, yes. it's the same thing you need to do with your male children. The rules in my house for my daughter was the same rule I had in my house for my son. And his father didn't like that. He feel like they're supposed to be able to do what they want to do from whatever age they want to do. No. Mm-hmm. Not because our daughter is coming home with a belly because you have a son and he can't come home with a belly. It's okay. No. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is we have to talk to our children. Mm-hmm. And we should mm-hmm. need to find that thin line where they can understand when you're being... What you're doing is for their best, mm-hmm. and you're doing it with love, but also that if you speak to them, they understand and they behave. You understand? And I, 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 I just don't know. This is why it's so sick. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, <clears throat> I mean, somebody is sending me the information now, including chat messages and stuff that they have between this 11 year old, she's not even a teenager, and this 30 year old man. Is this a real, real thing? Apparently. I'm, I was just. I, mean, I, I know. I, I think in my heart, I wanted it to be like a trolling kind of story as well. But this person was able to name the young girl 
And now they provided me a, a picture of who this man is and a first name. And they're trying to get me additional information in terms of his last name. But this person is a predator. And most importantly, they have brought it to the attention of the RCIPS. And the police are saying Ooh. that he he has mental issues. What the f- So that'll make it right. You understand? But he got two children. Listen, it can't be that mental. It's it's unbelievable. I, 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 don't, I don't I don't understand. And I, I don't have any grandchildren. And even now, sometimes I feel like I want, but I pray every day that they don't give me no. I'm sorry. The world is too sick. Wow. Thank you, caller. I'm scared. Thank you. Yes. I'm 936-2626 is the telephone number, folks. Um, wow. I, I am shocked. I am shocked. Good morning, caller. Yes, Sandy. You know, um, I don't know what today it is. My blood pressure going up again. Um, but listen, Sandy, I, I know without, before the day is out and we're trusting you that you take action mm-hmm. the best way you know how on this situation. Mm-hmm. This is just not right. Please, I beg you, and I'm sure the sentiments are the same with every person that listens. Whether he how mental issues or what, and you know what I hope? I hope that that mother too is arrested because mm-hmm. she has the knowledge of that. They need to arrest mm-hmm. her as well. Please, exactly. I beg you, Sandy. Oh, get yes. to the commissioner. And get this taken care of today. We do. It is. I. I didn't even want to hear any more of it. It's so so bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. All right, my dear. Um, caller. Good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. How are you, man? Boy, I've I've definitely had better better days and and yeah. topics, but this yeah. is just so disturbing. No, no doubt about it. Um, on that subject, Sandra. Definitely, there's a level, there's an issue with who, if, if the story is actually accurate, the woman who is more concerned with um with the situation and not holding her husband accountable, it's, mm-hmm. it's beyond ludicrous, man. Yes. It's, it just points to, to that woman's mentality not being where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But I... This subject has brought up something in my mind which, which really flabbergasted me a while back. The, the guy um, who was out in Bordentown, they call him Doc or Doctor or whatever, who was arrested. He was trying to abscond from um, police for quite a while. They, they found him. Mm-hmm. They arrested him. Mm-hmm. And then they let the man go. And then he has been on the run since then. Do you have any... Um, and th- this was I, also wanted for a sexual... He's also he wanted for sexual, sexual assault, assault, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they, they, they put the man on bail. I mean, what? I, I don't know. Do you have any updated information on that case? Because it really blew my mind when the guy has been hiding or whatever for, for so long. Everybody, they were looking for him. They finally find him, they arrest him, and then they let the man back out on the street. And what else does RCIPS expect to happen than the man go abscond again? Well, let, let me be very, very clear about how the bail process works, because I think okay. this is where we need to be informed, right? So the courts, yeah. the judges and magistrates are responsible for granting bail. I am flabbergasted that anybody who's already demonstrated themselves to be a flight risk could get bail conditions again. 
You see, but this is the discretionary power that the magistrates and judges have. Now, you know how we fix this? Our legislators, and I know they sneaky link listening this morning, they need to go in and say that if you have been on bail, right, and you have absconded and waste police resources and whatever trying to find you, you should never be granted bail again. Because at common law, there is a presumption in favor of bail. So pretty much what that means is whatever offense you are before the court for, it's not an equal argument. Presumption in favor of bail means that the prosecution has to argue against why you should get bail. Otherwise, the court is going to grant you bail. You see how that works? I I see how it works. So you're working with a legal presumption that favors the defendant. Remove it. In certain types of cases, a person should not be getting bail. That's why people can be out on manslaughter, murder charges, whatever, and we still giving them bail. And people are like, how the heck does that happen? That's because there's a presumption in favor of bail. Oh, don't contact the witnesses. We're going to give you a monitor, which obviously the monitor is not that great because people can take them off and still be gone for months at a time. This man has already absconded on bail. I don't know what magistrate in their right mind decided to give him bail yet again. You know, they they should be held. They should be held responsible now for him being out on the loose. Yeah. What? Okay. Let's say hypothetically, what if that individual that I was speaking about, the the fellow in Bordentown, doctor or whoever the hell he is, right? What if he decides that he wants to go and harm the, the young girl in order to protect himself from being held accountable according to the law? Yeah. Right. And and worse has happened. It just literally blew my mind when I see them finally catch a man and then they put him back on the street again. There there are things that, you know, there there are crimes that happen where bail should not even be an option, man. Mm -hmm. Come on. Anyway, I I just think it's a sad situation, first of all, but I also want to just, I'll reiterate this. Hmm. If it is true, and I hope that the Marsh unit is well aware of this is, of this situation and are investigating it. But if this is true, the, the mentality of the woman and her whole statement that she sent to you is she's more concerned about her marriage to a pedophile. I mean, mm-hmm. than, than the fact that she's married to a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that really is, is sad and telling. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. I don't even know what else to say beyond that. But Sandra, I'm sure that you're going to be telling the authorities about this and making them aware. Mm-hmm. I would suggest go straight to the Marsh unit and make them aware of this issue. Yeah. Thank you, my if dear. If they're not already. All right. Have a wonderful day. All right. Bye. So I am um, looking at some of the phone conversations between the parties, some of the messages. Um, wow. Unbelievable. This person says an 11 year old can boss you as an adult woman. I'm passionate about this too, Sandy, but I have to control myself because he will be caught. I'm with a caller. Don't want my grandchildren in this wicked world. 
don't want any grandchildren in this work, wicked world. And they say thanks to Miss um, Darlene. Um, uh, person says, Sandy, the sad thing is that some no good mothers um, right there selling their little girls for the likes of even a phone. Listening to your show, it saddens me, says this listener. Um, it is cases like these males. We want to go back to Jamaica. Do, do that. I can have my way down there with the child molester. You can pay men down there um, to rape the child molester before killing him. Argument done. Well, I understand what you're saying, but of course, prevention is always better than retribution any day of the week. You protect your children, which means that you have to educate your children. You have to educate yourself. Every child wants to have a smartphone and y'all don't even know half of the things that are going on with these smartphones. It was bad enough when the smartphones didn't exist. This person says he also ruined the poor child's life as well. I trusted my boys with none, absolutely no one, when they were young. This other person says, this is pretty shocking. I am half listening because I'm working on something and a report sounds unbelievable. Send the child's name to the MASH unit so that they can look into it. You can't trust anyone, pastors, teachers, uncle, no one. There's too many pedophiles and perverts out there. Another person says, hi, Sandra. Even if they created a fake account to send you the absurd message about the 11-year-old, there's still options to find out a general location for the source. Anyone versed in networking IT or the internet service provider, i.e. Flow or Digicel, can check the IP address that was used to log into that fake account. Um, by the way, if you want some of my flu bomb, I can bring you. I made a fresh batch on Sunday. And if you take it properly for the day by tomorrow, you'll see a significant difference in how you feel. Let me know. Oh, thank you so much. Um, this person says, um, they said, uh, no sleepovers. Miss Sandra, make your daughter be like you, two feet, like your two feet, because you cannot go nowhere without them, right? Wow. Um, so the police, y'all in your slackness, I can't believe that any police officer would have been told about this and their responses that this person has mental health issues. Like I said, his mental health issues wouldn't start yet. This person says, imagine what is going on in the home if an 11 year old's in love with a 30 year old man 30-year-old married man. Unbelievable. <sighs> All right. Um, it's, it's very, very disheartening when you hear of these stories. So 
We've got a name. I will definitely be sending this information um, over to the um, commissioner this morning. This whole thing is, is very, very disturbing, but it seems like based on what other sources are saying that this is true. Wow. Aliana says, I hope the schools are being held to be vigilant as also. Protecting pedophiles, says Alejandro. Darlene McKenzie says, um, it's more than one way to sexually harass a child. Well, this isn't harassment. This is rape. Let's call it what it is. Liana says, uh, says an 11-year-old running away. <coughs> JC says, exactly. I hope he's not touching her kids as well. This is crazy and sad. I got 15 minutes left in the program, as you can see. Um, my voice is uh, on the decline. So I'm hoping that what I try to do for the rest of the day is I actually do try to rest my voice until tomorrow's show. But some of y'all be blowing out my phone. I'm like, did you not hear me say I'm trying to rest my voice? <sighs> Sometimes, unfortunately, Miss Hilda, the parents are absent. And they just, you know, we can't rely on them to do their job. They should be protecting their child more than anybody else. And that just isn't happening. Johan says, it's on these uh, sort of topics where Auntie Sandy is miles ahead of the system. Politicians, pastors, police, civil servants, by calling out the heinous behavior and rampant abuse in the Cayman Islands and has been doing so for decades. It's unbelievable. Um, Jonathan says the mass unit needs to be aware of this situation if they are not already. You know, sometimes I'm disappointed in them, but there you go. Um, Siobhan says, as I'm heavily triggered right now, um, sorry. Liana says this 28-year-old trying to save her marriage and blaming a child for seducing her husband who's 30 years old. I mean, it, it is unbelievable, right? It almost sounds like it's just. <sighs> Alejandra says our premier is not going to address it for sure. We can't count on her much less or previous. Well, one thing for sure is we, we can't pray these types of situations away. We can't pray pedophiles away. There's so many of them that are literally entrenched in the church, Right. And so they're inner communities. They have high positions. They have low positions. They have no positions. Some have mental health issues. Some are the 80-something-year-old grandfather, like that one in Bordentown. Remember what the police said? Oh, that's Duppies throwing rocks on the roof of your house because they couldn't catch the kids that were doing it. But the kids were doing it, the neighborhood kids were doing it, because they knew the grandfather was a pedophile. The police are so stupid. Oh, duppies must be throwing rocks on your house. Gabby says the situation needs to be reported. I'm sure a cyber crimes unit can track down who that account is for. Wait, do we have a cyber, cyber crime unit who can deal with this type of case? 
Risa says, she has been groomed. That's why she believes it's love. The wife should be held accountable as well because she knows and hasn't reported it. As a mother, this is hurtful, scary, and disturbing to know that this is happening. The days of the village handling these problems needs to come back where the public finds out and beats the hell out of them, then drop him off to the RCIPS. It's uh, it's quite shocking. Yeah. Um, Kadisha says, I have three girls and make me tell you, I would definitely go to prison. Uh, it hurt my heart to hear this. Good morning, Carl. It hurt my heart to hear this. Good morning. Yeah, Sandy, another thing just came to my mind. If this person is um, actually, uh, whatever happens today, also it needs to be a stop at the borders, especially the airport, because if this is a non-Caymanian or even a Caymanian, they can make a boat for it. So this needs to be attention now because they're going to try to get away. That's just my other cent. Yeah. Well, it seems like the person's a Caymanian from what I can see. So I'm not sure how far he'd be getting, but definitely he needs to be arrested and all travel documents taken away. Thank you. Um, Johan says, death is the only solution for monsters like this. And as a society, we pretend that these monsters and behaviors are not prevalent um, in this country. Liana says, the math isn't mathing. Hunter says, I often question why the sentences for murderers and child molesters are not increased. These are lifelong consequences. Definitely something I'd like to push for if I'm elected in 2025. Jason, good morning. Jason says someone needs to go um, check on the welfare of her own kids. Her mindset with what is right and wrong is highly questionable. Right, Jason? Exactly. Now, my source is telling me that it's not only this 11-year-old child he is known to go and be interested um, after he messes with other young girls is what they have said. Wow. That's not surprising because most of the time, um, these predators are, they don't just prey on one child. They're prolific by the time they're caught, the record demonstrates that they have numerous people that, you know, young girls, boys, whatever they're into, that they would have abused and molested over the years. This is why they have to be stopped. Because if they're not stopped, they don't, they don't stop themselves. What a mess. Absolutely disturbing. Okay, <clears throat> I wanted to share um, a little snippet this weekend. Uh, we can try to end on a more positive note, but definitely I'm going to be um, dealing with this situation as best I can. Um, but 
over the weekend, the Botanic Park had their family fun day, which is a well attended event. I think they had at least over a thousand people come out to that event. These are some of the good things that are happening in our community. Uh, Leanna says, this just reminds me of the Addison Kelly case, such a sad situation there as well. But I want to encourage you guys when we have healthy activities for children, especially when they are out and about, um, you know, take them to these events, have them enjoy themselves, obviously keep an eye on them at all times. Um, but I did want to share with you some of the footage that we captured at the Botanic Park on, uh, when was that? That was Sunday for the Family Fun Day. Comfortable with all of these things. <laughs> wow. Hornet's mess. Wow. They're grossing you. Hey. Pretty cool. Are How are you? Um, we had some um, remains of different things. What, what do you think this one is? And Yes, it is. There's a green and iguana. look at this. This is a blue iguana skin. Pretty cool. <laughs> and that one, yeah. <laughs> Oh my, that is so interesting. Stew crab. <laughs> Why is the shell like that? Like That's just because it's old and it's weathered. So when it dries out, when everything dries out, it kind of cracks up. So. Yes. This was December 1st. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a lobster. Well, what's left of it? Pretty interesting, huh? When did this one die? We don't know. Probably pretty recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It still has a red color. <laughs> wow. They got all sorts of cool stuff. Oh my gosh, look at that. It's a lizard. Curly tail lizard. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This one's uh, resting for us quite well. Oh, look at the scorpion. Look, look at the scorpion. Right there. A scorpion? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Very cool. All right, looks like lots of people came out today to the uh, family fun day at the botanic park so um tons of uh, fun here lots of families going to be enjoying the children's garden and all the activities and stuff 
that are going on. So we are definitely going to um, check it out as well. The Botanic Garden is always an amazing uh, adventure. It's not too hot today, which is kind of nice. Um, during the summer, whew, yeah, definitely want to hydrate properly. But we are going to um, check out the park today and see all the family fun stuff that they have had. I've heard that a good crowd uh, came through, people buying plants and just having an amazing time. This is, I think, one of those sort of hidden treasures when you live here. A lot of times you forget that the uh, Botanic Park is here. So much, so many things that are lush and gorgeous. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. Let's say hi to the park uh, manager here. Chief Palm Tree. Chief. <laughs> how is, I mean, I was just talking about how lush and beautiful the Botanic Park always is. And it's so nice to see that I know one storm kind of took its toll, but everything's looking beautiful. Yeah, everything looks great. Oh. We've been grateful for these little rains we've had over December and into January. Yeah. Garden Club of Grand Cayman. Just hold up. Yeah, we go. Has yeah, been so awesome. And uh, we've pretty much near a thousand people been through today. Wow. Uh, super awesome day for young people, old people. Uh, check out the children's garden, which is nearly done. And, oh, beautiful. Uh, get people out. And that's yeah, most, fantastic. Most so this is their annual family fun family day. Fun, family fun day, long weekend in January. The first yes. kind of event after the holidays. So thanks for coming. All right. We appreciate it. All right. Enjoy. All right. So he did a little U-turn here. He's like, eh, too much activity on that side. So he looks like he's going to go back somewhere where it's a little bit quieter. Hello. <laughs> you can go. You can go that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna leave him alone. Hello, how are you? Good, good. All right. Oh, look at the little seashell that they're hidden in. Hi, that's so cute. Hermit crabs. Look at, I love this. Welcome, but it's spelled like Wilkes. Welcome, welcome. All right. Wow, this is so pretty. They really made a lot of good progress since uh, we were out here last time in the children's garden. This looks, this looks amazing. Oh, so pretty. Uh, love the artwork. Look at this octopus. That's so nice, huh? Oh my gosh, gorgeous. Oh, wow. This is so amazing. Absolutely gorgeous. I wonder if we could talk to John a little bit more about, um, you know, it's taken a while to get here, but this park looks absolutely amazing. Looks really, really good. On Eden Hurlston, um, students of music, and oh, beautiful. GOE, National Trust, MRCU. Some good folks out here, absolutely. All right, so we're going to take a look around, folks, and bring you guys on a little bit of a tour with us. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks for coming. All right, smells some nice jerk. Chicken smells delish. So we're going to go in the main entrance right over here. Um, always nice. I know we can go there later. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, that was a good time to come out and just stroll and check out some of the 
lush greenery that's here at the Botanic Park. Um, it's just amazing how Mother Nature can be restorative if given a chance, you know. So, absolutely gorgeous. I saw him come. <laughs> All right, so we have the children's garden activities today, which included everything from kids Zumba, which they had earlier today, um, pot planting, flower arranging. There was a Dunkin' tank. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Sam's jerk chicken is out here, Murphy's food kitchen. There's a craft table, magician show, face painting, local juices, and then they had kids music and dance. So yeah, we are here to check it out. A thousand people, more than a thousand people today came through. So this is absolutely fantastic. Um, this is actually one of my favorite sections of the Botanic Park, the children's garden. And apparently they are making some amazing um, strides. I love this little section over here with these, I don't know exactly what we're gonna call them, but they're like little huts that have been so amazingly designed. They're fun to get in, great little photo spot and stuff as well. And of course, some oversized agoutis um, on display. So Rudy and Trudy came out of Gucci's hanging out right there. Um, these are like little tree houses that have been crafted. I don't know what kind of wood this is. It looks like the trees right next to it actually, but yeah, pretty cool. Very, very cool. All right, let's just see what else they've got out here. So it's an amazing area for kids. When you bring them to the Botanic Park, they can hang out here and really have um, such a fantastic and fun time. Um, there's a rotary hut over on that side. Nice. Lemonade, soil, tamarind. Lots of fun stuff there. Ooh. Magician show. Good, how you doing? Of course, this is one of the amazing things that people love about Cayman is just the ability to come out to these family fun events and just to really hang out and, you know, have um, your family just have a fantastic time. I love these lily ponds. They are so pretty all the time some amazing photos uh, there's always something growing in here and they're just so pretty make I've taken some great photos oh my god there's an iguana oh my goodness <laughs> wow look at that oh my gosh let me see if I can come on the other side and catch him coming out of course one of our native blue iguanas just happens to be strolling around the botanic park and their preservation of the iguanas is, in my opinion, certainly the most important thing that they do. That is, blue iguanas are native to the Cayman Islands, only found here. And look at this one, OMG. 
me see if I can zoom in a little bit here. Oh my gosh, so pretty. And so they have full reign of this place. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit scared of them, you know, but they tend to just don't feed them. <laughs> They'll leave them alone. And they tend to just scroll around and do their thing. Um, so there he is, not the biggest, but he'll get bigger. He looks pretty young. So there he is. Looks like he's going to cross the little path here in a second, checking things out. Uh-huh. He's looking at me like I'm on camera. I'm on Kimanmar Road. What did I do? Kind of tell them just to be quiet, not to scare him or anything. He seems pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, that is a blue iguana. Hi, guys. Hi. You want to be famous? How are you guys doing? Isn't that cool? It's Hill. Oh, look at that. Yes, ma'am. Whose birthday? Happy birthday. So good to see you guys. Have a good day. All right, guys. Have a good one. Got a little bit shy there when he heard all that noise. There's the Duncan tank. Uh, but he's still, I think he wants to cross. Hi. I think he wants to cross, but he's he's thinking about it. Kids and water, trust me, they just love it. So much fun. Kids and water, trust me, they just love it. So much fun. So cute, I love them. This one's a boy, and this one's a girl. 
All right, so the Heritage Garden, another one of my favorites, because you get to see the old Cayman homestead, Cayman Sand Garden and Rankin House. So another fun experience here. Um, let's go through and see all who's here. Ooh, fresh coconut water. Mm -mm -mm. Nice. So that's Cayman Style House. I'm actually looking for Miss Shirley. I'm going to try and go find her first, but then I need to come back and see if I can get some coconut water. Yeah. Looking at you. So gorgeous, I know. I'm on camera. Look, I'm on Cayman Road. <laughs> They're the best posers. I know. Yeah, she gorgeous. Is All right, no worries. Thank you. All righty. So this is our third one that we've seen today. This one's a little bit, still pretty small. They get some big ones out here sometimes, you'll see. Um, so definitely another successful family fun day. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey chill. How you doing? Anybody told you you're going to be on Mall Road? He's like, I'm on Mall Road for all the right reasons. For my good looks, honey chill. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the cold hard truth on bobo 89.1 fm cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7 30 a.m never miss an episode again watch anytime on cmr's facebook and youtube channels for the latest show episodes don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit caymanmarlroad.com for all the latest news and community happenings 